Welcome to the Drunk Tank, everybody. How's everybody doing? I am Dax Ryan, and my partner over there, the crazy Scotsman, Chris is in the house. Hey, how you doing, Chris? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. How are you doing? I had a good week, and I'm dreading the uh, the coming week, but we'll jump into that in a little bit. Um, <laughs> as always, with the lawyers in the corner threatening me, this is the Drunk Tank. We drink. If you're going to join us, Make sure you are a legal drinking age for your region or area. And please remember to drink responsibly and do not ever drink and drive. With the legal mumbo jumbo out of the way, this week's episode, we have made it to half a dozen episodes, Chris. Six. I know, it's, it's, it's a special time. I've that been is. celebrating it all day. Yeah, you have. Yeah, you have. <laughs> so, with that... I think I think this week we were kind of on the same page. We've had five episodes of really deep, really kind of heavy, like really good conversation. And I think episode six, half a dozen, we're like, fuck it, let's do something fun. So pretty much, pretty much, that was my kind of just with how my weekend was going to be going. <laughs> I thought there's no way that I would be able to put out a good topic if it was quite. Being professional in this moment is 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 a difficult one, so I thought let let's try and be fun and funny. <laughs> right. So I mean, we are gonna have we are gonna have an interesting main topic. I like your main topic. We'll hit that. But most of our rambles, they're gonna be like story time shit. Because you wrote down your story time shit. I'm gonna share some story time stuff in my ramble, and then we got a couple game releases that look really enterprising, and then we'll do happy endings like we always do. So yeah. That being said, my man, before we get into what we're drinking, like, what was your week like? I, I know we talked a little off camera, but the listeners want to know, what was your week like? Uh, my week was actually, midweek was okay. Work-wise, uh -huh. it was a bit quiet. I went up north, stuff like that, put out all my really nice pictures on Twitter. Um, yes, you did. But over the weekend, Friday and Saturday, I didn't really have any work going on, so I just kind of chilled. Today... I had other things going on, um, so the week was actually it was it was a decent week. Nothing, nothing bad happened. Nothing amazing happened. It was just except for that I found some of the most amazing views. Yes. Um, so that that was pretty much my week as a, a whole. I can't really complain too much. Yeah, if, if you guys aren't following Chris on Twitter, you should definitely follow him out. He takes great pictures of the surrounding environments of Scotland. He's wonderful photos he does, Lenny. Great, wonderful pictures. But yeah, dude. Yeah, um, I'm happy with my, my photos. And it all comes just from my phone. Mm -hmm. Who knew you didn't need a £1,500 SLR camera? Yeah, facts. But yeah, definitely, like, I, I got to post some of the pictures that you took for me and sent to me on Discord. I've just been, oh, yeah. I've been so fucking busy this week that I just, I haven't had a chance to do it. So I was like, but yeah, dude. I love going to Twitter and watching you just post like your little cheeky videos or like your images around lunchtime because I'm like, you son of a bitch, that's beautiful. Well, that's all right. That's, that's the reaction I want. I want hatred and love. Exactly. <laughs> you get it all, baby. You get it all. But yeah, no, that's great, man. I, I especially, like I said, I like a lot of the a lot of those little videos where you're just like, I love this country. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I can see why. Hard not to have that reaction, though. Like, like, there's st like it still gives. Like, I've been here thirty years. 
uh-huh. and it still throws up all these wee surprises that I still like. I'll just come across like that one was literally I had a job up northwest of Scotland that I mm. haven't really been, and it was just a very very small village where you had to cl- like. I've got a video on my other phone and it literally shows me climbing up the mountain in the van and just going into the clouds. Like nice. the clouds just are there. And it's just, it's it was a, a surreal moment. And even it was like, when I was explaining it to like uh, my friends in that here, I was uh, it was almost like a spiritual awakening. It was just like, I'd went back to simpleness. Like everything in the world did not matter. There was no hatred, there was no nothing, it was just nature. And it was just such a big, mind-blowing experience. And then, but it's like, I'm, I've literally just climbed up. I mean, I think it was between, I hadn't eaten yet, and I'd had a lot of coffee. So I think maybe that played a bit more into it, but... Probably. It was still a great experience in, in itself. Yeah, it, it's funny because I've got a move coming up in three months. We were talking about it off-camera. And the spot we're going to out on the West Coast is smack dab in the middle of, like, forest and, like, mountains, right? And then if you go 30 minutes west, you're at the ocean. But we went out We went out to the spot we're going to, um, like, two years ago to do a scouting trip. Yeah. And you don't really notice how much you miss nature until you're in nature. Yeah. Like we went out there and like I live in I live in the Midwest and I live between Milwaukee and Chicago. Like I live in a uh uh like a hundred thousand people town called Kenosha. Like it's a it's literally concrete jungle between two major distribution hubs. So yeah. so it's kind of uh it's kind of concrete jungle means more concrete jungle. Like we've got nature, like we've got big parks and, and stuff and we got the lake by us, but it's not it's not nature nature like you know yeah. what i mean and yeah. where we're headed is like half the size of where we are now and it's just surrounded by like northwest forest so it's like jesus and my kids my, my, my kids are that's, looking that's to what it. you want like for us like i'm in glasgow uh, i'm in the east end of glasgow mm-hmm. and it's like but no matter where you are in glasgow you're a max an hour until you hit some form of not in a city because like even though glasgow is like such a, a major city of scotland mm-hmm. um i can literally go out my house and i can look out and i can see the rolling hills and and the campsies and stuff like that literally from my house and i'm in the middle of a major city yeah so that's the one thing that i always feel I just feel as if so many people are missing out in that kind of thing. When you talk about like London or or many of the cities in like America and stuff like yeah. that, it's just it's it's just such a major, amazing part that everybody should experience. And I'm 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 really happy that you're finally getting that move to the nature kind of side because Twitter's going to be interesting when we're now having nature battles of who can get the best picture. I got you beat though. <laughs> Cause one of the things I'm going to be doing on my Twitch channel is I I'm a former certified scuba diver. So I'm going to get recertified. Bernadette's already letting me get a GoPro 
So I'm going to do two hours of scuba diving. And then on Twitch, we're just going to do just chatting with all my underwater footage playing in the background. That's cool. I'm just getting back into my hiking where I can just stream climbing up being mm. nervous and, and maybe travel all of the UK, it's Snowden down in, in Wales and stuff like that. So maybe yeah. we will have a battle. That's going to be dope because where we're going on the on the west coast is like that's prime like whale territory and seals and sea lions and big fucking forest and i was i was telling my kids and i know we're going a little long on the opening round but we don't really for those of you that are listening this podcast doesn't really have a structure today this is just like we're gonna talk for two and a half three hours about just shit because it's been like five weeks of intense amazing conversations and we're just drinking beers and bullshitting today so yeah. What it is, what it is. Get used to it. We love you for listening. But yeah, we're we're gonna be more random than we normally are. But I've been talking to my kids a lot because we're coming up on the three month mark, and I'm like, your lifestyle is going to change. We're going yeah. to an area where your lifestyle is going to be completely 180 from where you are. Because right now, we live in like, and I I, I say this in a non derogatory manner. We live in a ghetto, bro. Just like ruah. It's not safe for my kids to play in the front yard. Like, we're in the backyard. You know, my neighbors are great. My street is okay. But, like, you go past my street and there's, like, trouble. Yeah. The area we're looking at now is, you know, a nicer, you know, not so socioeconomically depressed. There's more work opportunities. The the people seem a lot more happier. We've got a few neighborhoods targeted that are in our you know, are living and they're very diverse. You've got like Asians and, you know, you've got a, a nice diverse because we're targeting an area that's like in around a major university. Right. So we've got that sort of youthful, vibrant energy. There's a lot of coffee shops and bowling alleys and it. Cause I've got kids that are teens now. Yeah, they're going to be want. going, they're going on to the next step. So I gotta, I gotta look at where best to suit them. So not only is this sort of a young, vibrant, diverse place, they're surrounded by forests and parks and rivers and and hiking trails and bike riding and skateboarding. And then we're going to go to the ocean because my oldest daughter's kind of weirded out by like fish. So I want to throw her in the ocean and be like, look, what's on your feet? So I'm like, ah, that's, that's an interesting take. <laughs> I like, I like I like pushing her boundaries. She's a good kid, but I, I like kind of pushing her out. So one thing Bernadette and I have been talking about is like lifestyle is going to change. We're going to prioritize going to the gym. We're going to prioritize going on bike rides because we can finally do that. We're going to prioritize being more active. I'm still going to stream my ass off and still work full time. But instead of coming home and you know watching TV or, or chilling because we're locked in the house for six months because of the ice and the snow... It's going to be comfortable yeah. for us year round to do stuff. So I've been trying to prep the kids and being like, you're going to see shit you've never seen before. And you're going to go do stuff you've never done before. And you're going to love it. And for the most part, all of them are like, dope, let's do it. One of my middle kids, like, I don't like outdoors. I'm like, mm, sorry, <laughs> we're going to go outdoors. We're going to be doing a lot of shit. Uh, the other thing too, is I've already looked at a couple gyms that have sponsor uh, scholarship. Uh, membership so we can get low cost gym memberships which have like pools and running tracks and weights because yeah. I want to get back into the gym because I'm a gym rat and brother want to get swole again 
I want to make the rock look tiny. Yeah, that's what we are waiting for. We kind of got our uh, roadmap out of lockdown kind of thing stymied. So I think the gyms here are looking to get opened kind of late April. Because mm-hmm. that's the one thing that I've been missing is just, like, I used to go to the gym five days a week and I was out running and I was doing this, I was doing that. Like, in the last year and a half, I think I've put back on about 30 kilo. Yeah, me too. With just, with my work lifestyle and not being able to be active because everything got locked down here. Like, I know in America, you went into a lockdown, but a lot of stuff was still able to be opened in that. Uh We've went into a complete, shops had to shut, restaurants had to shut, bars had to shut, gyms had to shut. Nothing was allowed to be open except for essential shopping. Mm -hmm. So, like, your food stores and stuff. So we've just no, we've not even been allowed to travel. You've not been allowed to travel out with your city unless it's for work. Yeah, that's fucked so up. So it's it's been quite a tight one here. Um, but we are we are we are. I'm super excited to start getting back and just get back into that lifestyle of just feeling great about yourself. We should have a bet. Once everything opens up, we should have a bet. We should take six weeks. And whoever loses the most or puts on the most muscle, gotta buy a, gotta buy the other one a bottle. No, I could go with that. Yeah, six weeks, either the most muscle mass or the most weight lost. No, whichever, whichever's greater. That way, we can be accountable to each other and be like, "You work out today?" I'll be like, "No." You'll be like, "Ah, that bottle's mine." And then <laughs> our listeners and the people who watch the show will be like, "Oh, if those guys can do it." So can I, and I've got fibromyalgia and shit. So like, if I'm going to try to push through and, and really bust my ass and deal with the pain and stuff, just to like get back to like that six pack and just looking all kind of like, bro, they'll be able and to I'm do it too. Lazy bastard, so <laughs> if I can do it, then. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really excited, man. I'm really excited. I'm scared shitless because the drive we're taking a U-Haul in our car we're packing the two kids and the dog in the van. And then my ex-wife is packing her cats and my oldest daughter. And we're all sort of driving out there together. Yeah. And it's a 33-hour drive, man. So we're going to have to... Well, <laughs> we're going to... Quite, <laughs> uh, uh, quite a... I mean, I've been on a, a drive like that before. I, I once drove from Glasgow to Finland. Mm-hmm. And I had to travel through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight countries to get there. Mm-hmm. And it was a case of a two day, just we we got a few hours sleep every night, and then just just battered through, battered through. We were supposed to sleep. There was a ferry that we took, and it was like eight hours, and we thought we'd be able to sleep on that. But they shut all the cabins for the daytime, so you couldn't rent <laughs> oh, the cabin. Oh no! And where you couldn't find just an area to just chill. It was just people constantly, so you couldn't relax. Mm-hmm. So we were just up for those eight hours as well. And by the time we got to Finland, we were like yes. just zombies. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, we, we're going to well, have to stop every three to four hours to let the dog out, to pee and poop and run around for about 20 minutes and let the yeah. kids out and stretch because the plan is, is they all have phones. So I'm going to put, like, Netflix and shit on their phone and have them download a bunch of shit. And they yeah. all got headphones so, like, they can watch shit while we drive. Yeah. And so every three That's or four hours, thing. we're going to stop, let them out, 
see some shit and then crash for the night and then get started in the morning and probably take three, four days to get out there. Yeah. No, that's, 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 that's better what you do. And then, you know, take the, you know, take the week to get everything installed and set up and hopefully be back to podcasting and streaming and everything and kind of figuring shit out with work. But I'm excited, yeah. man. I'm excited, but I'm concerned, man. It's it's a 33 hour drive across the, across the country you know so many variables but i think we're going about it the right way and like every time i think about it i have this really good vibe so like i'm I'm taking that as the universe going yes this is go forth manifest it this is the right thing so i'm excited yeah. man i'm looking forward to considering it considering that your only doubt is the fact that you have a 33 hour drive mm-hmm. is a good i would say it's a good sentence because if that's the only thing you're worried about there's there's plenty of other things that you could be, but if that's the only thing, then it's it, it will be nothing. Like if that's the diff- most difficult part, then it's gonna be a great move, especially with the fact that you'll get away from this work. Like yeah. that's the one thing that I think everybody and like your uh, Discord and stuff that like that's waiting for is the fact that you'll finally be away from that and you're actually able to start making plans. Yeah. and stick to the schedules yeah. instead of, oh, we can't do it this week, we need to change it to this day. Everybody else, can you please change your schedules so that it goes with us? So. Yeah, and that's 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 one of the things I want to avoid too is when I get out there, I don't want to go back into security because security is always available for work, but it's yeah. so unstable. So I'm looking at maybe hooking up with the forestry department, maybe hooking up with something uh some other professions out there like getting my scuba diving license and doing like salvage diving or cleaning up the rivers or, or, or something like that because I'll have a more consistent time frame and I'll make more yeah. money. And hopefully in the next three months, the podcast, plug, 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 blows up and you'll be like, hey, Docs, guess what? We got, you know, X, Y, and Z. You don't need to work this month because all we got to do is shoot <laughs> podcasts and you got to stream. So three months, listeners, viewers. Make it happen. <laughs> As I plug, plug, shameless whore. But we kind of got off on the wrong foot. What are you drinking, buddy? Uh, I am drinking uh, Menabria. Menabria. Which Mena is a very nice uh-huh. beer. Uh, it was another one that I picked up from down south. It's an Italian beer. Ooh, okay. Um, it's quite nice. Uh, you can taste uh, a heaviness. It's got a heavy... Mm-hmm flavor it sits in your tongue for a good while um it's weird it has a kind of it's not quite it's it is a generic beer like it's a mass-produced beer but it doesn't taste it has a sort of craft taste so it is interesting because it's one of the ones that i want to find it boring and i want to be like oh it's it's just the same as every other beer but it's just not It's, it's an enjoyable beer like, I would happily go and get it again. Plus, it's a massive, big 660 milliliter bottle, and it Ooh, costs me £2. That's a growler, right? That's the equivalent yeah. to, like, a growler? I think so. Yeah. I the... don't know what a growler is. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So, in bartending ease, you have, like, your, your bottles of beer. So, like, you got your you got your standard bottle. And then your bigger bottles, like your half liters, uh, are what they consider growlers. The, the big... The big like yeah. bottles; those are con- technically considered what what we call like a growler. You get like so it's like three or four beer, like three or four beers, 
Yeah, well, I think a normal beer here is 330 ml. So oh, this is literally bad. double that. Right, so, yeah. yeah. No. And... It's definitely an, an enjoyable one. Okay, well, it, is is it like a porter or because it says in your thing a a bon a bondo? Is that yeah, like a lager a, a, pilsner? No, that just it's that's French for like white. It's just like a blonde beer. Oh, okay, so it's it's a blonde. Okay, yeah. okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool. And uh, you said it was in your your six pack, so probably around two three bucks again, like usually. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was. Like, I think it cost two pounds. It was just. Again, it was just another off-the-shelf kind of one, so... Ain't no wrong with that. Um, off-the-shelf, not bad. It was... I definitely... I would try again, and I would say if you're out in your store... Because it it's just a local store kind of thing. Uh-huh. So if you're out in your local store and you come across it, it is a... It's just uh, Menabrea e Figley. It's the kind of brewery of it and all that kind of stuff. And nice. I'd pick it up and get a go. Yeah, man, yeah. that sounds good. This week I'm drinking. Uh, I don't know if it's gonna show up because my uh, my green screen, but I'm drinking Kentucky Vanilla Barrel Cream Ale. So last week I got the cream ale from Milwaukee Brewing Company, and it was sort of like a upscale Budweiser, and it didn't it didn't give me that sense of cream like ale. Like it just it just seemed like a a, a tastier version of Budweiser. So I was like. Hmm, this one, this one is really different. There's something, um, it's got, it's got a very strong hint of vanilla. There's a very creaminess to it, mm-hmm. but on the backside, you get that bourbon flavor because apparently, according to this, the, the beer has been aged in those bourbon barrels. So the depth of flavor in this one is way, way beyond last week's the outboard last week. Like there is a there is a creaminess, a vanillainess to it, and then you get that hint yeah. of that bourbon, and you get the you get the the hops that are a little toned down, but they come in on the back end on the bourbon. But you get that cream and vanilla up front. You get that bourbon in the middle, and then the hops sort of bring in and. Dude, like I picked this up, I was like, "Ooh, cream ale!" I had one last week. Leaps and bounds, <laughs> and I'm and I'm I'm not saying the outboard was bad. Like the outboard was, like I said last week, it's it's an everyman sort of kicked yeah. up Budweiser. No, no shame on it. It's good shit. But I will drink this before I drink that outboard. Hundred percent. It's more yeah. of a cream ale to me than the outboard was. And again, I got I always get the for those of you that are listening. I always go to the store and I get like a pick and mix six pack because I don't like drinking or eating or watching the same things over and over and over again. So I just grab six different shit. And what I've noticed, what I've noticed is most of the, most of the beers that I bought in the six pack, if you were to buy them separately as a six pack, they were in about the tenner, the 10 range, 10, 12 bucks. So I've noticed a couple things about my taste in beer. One I don't like, like the the cheap stuff. Yeah, and I'm not trying to like throw shade. I don't like the Budweisers and the and the Coors, and I don't like because I don't like the cheaper beers because they don't seem to have the depth of flavor or sort of the the or the uh, if I use craftsmanship, I'll be insulting them. That's not what I want to say. They don't have the sort of Love and attention. 
Yeah, yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't have the love and attention of like sort of the smaller brews that I that I like picking up. And then two, I noticed I don't like the flavor of regular beer. the The beers, the beers I drink have to have some sort of complex flavor notes, like vanilla cream or malted hops or like a pomegranate or um, the raspberry tart. Like, there's got to be yeah there's got to be other flavor notes other than hops water and yeast and i so you want me to send you one of these stouts that i was talking about in discord yesterday <laughs> yeah when I, when I go back up north to pick it up fuck yeah dude send it my way but <laughs> i mean this, this kentucky vanilla man that's out of the six beers we've sampled it's got to be in the top three so far like number one i love the shit out of that pomegranate that pomegranate beer was just <laughs> and then the Vi- well, number one is the Vikings blood, right? Off tops, yeah. Vikings blood is the king of the drunk tank for me right now. Two gotta have that that pomegranate half whitesin or whatever it was, and then this mm-hmm. this Kentucky cream ale is just uh as as our mod extraordinaire strange Tim would say, chef's kiss, baby. That shit's perfect. That's it's really a phenomenal beer, and I wasn't gonna grab it. Because I had my eyes on another one, and I was like, mm. and the other beer I was going to put in a six-pack, you're going to get mad at this. In my in my store where I make my pick and mix, they had Guinness in a bottle. It's, I wouldn't really get mad at Guinness in a bottle. You need to transport it somehow. Yeah, well, like, I was going to get the Guinness, but I went with the, the vanilla cream instead. Because yeah. what you'll find is Guinness do have different kinds because mm-hmm. you have like nothing will beat Guinness draft, like right. on draft. You'll never beat that Guinness. In actual fact, you'll never beat draft Guinness in Dublin. Right. Even Guinness draft in Scotland or or England or anything like that will not touch the Dublin. We gotta go. Irish one. We gotta yeah, go. Definitely. We'll fucking take you right across. Let's go. Um, but if you're gonna get Guinness from like an import, is the bottle ones are different from the cans because mm-hmm. see if you get the cans you can get canned guinness draft uh-huh. and it's got the the ball in them at the can so that when you're pouring it it sort of agitates it, it. Mm-hmm. yeah so like if you were ever going to get a guinness and if you can find the canned guinness go can over bottle okay but i wouldn't necessarily say that the bottle is anything a turn your nose at like right. so long as you don't drink it out the bottle as long as you, <laughs> you prepare it right like you pour it into your glass just a small amount in your glass let it settle then yep. tip it up let it settle and then finish it and let it settle yeah then i don't think you can really go that wrong so also the mug's back this week i cleaned it <laughs> but yeah i'm, I'm sitting with it at the bottle i was like I'm using my my other glass to drink my. I've literally, I've been drinking since about eleven o'clock this morning. Like, well, yeah, you were watching the game. I've got like two. I've got literally two different drinks that I'm drinking. The new. I've been drinking different things all day. So (laughs) we call that double fisting, really. Yeah, I I call it a chaser. (laughs) (laughs) Facts. But yeah, man, that, that's that's. But yeah, I I've noticed that about the beers I've been I've been selecting. I don't like that. And uh, some of my friends who are like beer drinkers are like, ah, you're a pussy. I'm like, I just don't like wheat, water, and hops. Like I gotta have yeah, I gotta have more, man. I'm like, don't you? 
And there's nothing wrong with those guys, but they're like, ah, you just need to drink a beer. I'm like, fuck off. What we should do one of these episodes is see ones like when you're going to be going and picking up like your six and I'm going to go and pick up my six. What we should do is I'll send you the links to a couple of my local stores. Mm-hmm. And then you send me the links to a couple of your local stores. I'll pick your six, you pick my six. Yeah, let's do that. Go and enjoy whatever the other one go because it'll open up because like, as you said you go and you basically picked up the same sort of beers i'm trying so to branch out extra. oh yeah if, if you're trying to branch out but it might be that extra like if i pick up beers that i like yeah i would yeah. try it might just throw you that wee bit more like yeah. the pomegranate beer that you literally said you would never have really what? thought no. of it so but yeah, no, I love that idea. We need to we need to do that. We definitely need to do that. But yeah, yeah. So that that I'll tell you right now that fucking Kentucky vanilla, ah, so good. Hey, yo, uh, what brewery is this? Uh, what, uh, who is this? Uh, Lexi, Kentucky, whatever company you are, yo, bro, <laughs> send more of this shit. It's so good. <laughs> Well, hey, let's uh, let's jump into tonight's topic, man. We've been rambling on for about thirty minutes. Let's bounce to the main topic tonight, yeah. and then we'll 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 bullshit some more on our rambles, and then we'll wrap it up in a happy ending. So, tonight's main topic, tra- fucking transition. Thank you. Tonight's main topic is content creation, the ins and outs of making content on Twitch and YouTube, TikTok, all of that stuff, because. You picked this topic, so I kind of want you to introduce it, and then we'll we'll have a conversation. So go right ahead. Yeah. No. Uh, well, when I first picked this topic, I wasn't expecting to be this drunk. So <laughs> bear with me. Um, but uh, when I first started a content, it was because I'd just been over the last couple of weeks with yourself, and the fact that your work's been busy and your computer's been down and stuff like that. And just the kind of work that you put in, in creating the content. And then over the last couple of weeks, I'm the one that's doing the kind of audio editing and stuff like that for mm-hmm. Spotify and Amazon and stuff like that. And then the last couple of weeks, I've been doing the editing for the video yeah. to go onto YouTube. So, like, I've kind of been having to spend... Like, my experience has been... We'll record the podcast on a typical a Monday night. Mm-hmm. Through the time zones, it's 1am for me. That means it's roughly about 3am, 4am before we finish the podcast. And then we'll have a kind of half an hour, hour of it's kind of just like a a little chat after it, discussing bits and pieces. So it's like 5am before I go to my bed. Right. And then you'll take out the audio file, rip all that and send me it. When I get up at like 9am, I'll download everything and then i'll start going through it and because there's like three three and a half hours sometimes of audio that we've recorded i then have to go through everything editing out the kind of silences the the ums and the airs and stuff like that but i have to go through everything so a four hour audio turns into a eight nine hour listening period because you need to stop start stop start take it a bit go back to before it so you can see if it transitions and it lines up right now that so my experience is i'm literally doing one podcast one audio edit mm-hmm. and it's taking me an entire day now that goes down to the fact that 
I've never done it before. I've no got experience. I'm still learning the tricks and the tips and that kind of stuff. So, like, I know it will get easier and quicker the longer it goes on. But it just gave me that mind-blowing thing of, I can't imagine having to do that every single day. Because where would you fit in streaming and editing, streaming and editing? Because you're having to do both. But then when you add in a day job as well, and it's like... um watching the likes of uh, Titan Naughty who has his day job love he, Titan Naughty by the way oh he's fantastic he's fantastic I mean I give him a hard time because I mod for him but yeah we're friends bust his ass as a, I found a thing on Twitter today and somebody else said if your mods don't roast you every stream are they your mods Facts. so it's reiterated that I'm the number one mod because I do not let anything go by him um, so it's like watching him and he'll stream kind of like a, sometimes like a Sunday evening, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then he works Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. like 12 hour shifts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So he gets the kind of start of the week, but he also has to fit in everything else to go mm-hmm. by it. And then you like say, uh, UK monster who all he does is stream. Yeah, he streams every day apart from the weekends, but he's got a daughter. Yep, and he does YouTube too. He has too. To, to bring up and stuff like that, as well as put out content. Uh, you've got the like, say, Smokey Skulls, who manages to stream whenever he can, but he has to fit it around his job, his, his kids, and stuff like that as well. So it's like, it's. I was just wanting to kind of get to shed the light on the kind of sacrifices and the the mental output and time commitment that when somebody's talking about, oh, I can't, I wanted to create content, I want to be a YouTuber, I want to be a Twitch streamer on that. It's the the aspects of that role that don't get enough light shed on it. Like you hear about, oh, you get invited to these Twitch parties, you get to game for a living, you get paid to do this, paid to do that. But nobody talks about, yeah, but you don't get to sleep. Yeah. You don't get to go outside. You don't get to socialize with people because, yeah, you can socialize with people, but are these people socializing with you because they like you or is it because of your clout? Are they just trying to get involved with you because you might be able, you're a streamer yourself and stuff like that? So it's like there's so many a- 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 avenues of it that don't get enough traveling before somebody decides to be like, if, as soon as if you get any form of success on Twitch or YouTube, you don't have a private life. Yes. You get your celebrity status where nothing that you do is allowed to be private. And if you make a single mistake, it goes back to one of our first uh, conversations on the podcast. Uh, if you make a simple mistake, nobody wants to give you the time or the effort to educate, understand, and better yourself. It's yep. just an automatic, you fucked up, that's it. Everything gets taken away from you. So it's like I just wanted to try and shed the light on that aspect of it, like what the mental output, like the real mental output, like taking away the good things that come from it, like the communities you can you you, you create, the the friends that you do make, the people you meet, the games you get to play, the money if it comes that you get to make just yeah. for playing video games and stuff. But it's the nitty gritty stuff I want to know. Yeah, because having done it for the like, one day a week, it's a strain. Yeah, especially when I'm doing it on, like I'm trying to run 
another aspect of my life mm. and my work that takes up 18, 19, 20 hours a day in my, my own life. So I just want to get your take on that. Yeah, okay. So you you set that up perfectly. You 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 laid out a lot of really good information. So here here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to break it down in a couple ways because I've been streaming as an affiliate streamer for two years now, but I've been streaming a total of three years. <clears throat> and my schedule is like this. I work a 45 hour a week job. So I get up, I get up at 5.30, 6 o'clock. I'm at work by seven. I'm home by four. Come home, say hi to the fam, check on the kids, discipline, whatever I gotta do. Make dinner that the girlfriend's thawed, cook it all up, eat dinner, visit, do stuff. Down in my lab by and live by seven o'clock and then I do five hours live. So not only did I put an eight hour day in at work, I did another two to three hours with the family. Then I came down and did another five hours on camera. Camera ends at 11 or midnight. The next hour is updating the feeds, social media, uh, dumping the viewers to a host, then checking for tomorrow's stream. What's on the docket? What commands need to be updated? Getting all that ready so that when I come home from work the next day, everything's ready yeah. to go. And then that's the cycle that I do four days a week. So I stream typically Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I take Wednesday, Thursday off for the family. But so that's 45 hours a week at work and then roughly between 15 and 30 hours a week on camera. Okay, let me stress that. That's on camera. Anytime I'm off camera, or especially Wednesday and Thursday, if my kids don't want to like hang out or they're like, Dad, you go do you, I spend another 15, 20 hours watching streams, social media networking, updating commands, updating all the the timers and stuff on the chat bot, um, doing uh, project work, uh, viewing artists for new merch. Checking all my, uh, the merch dashboard for the store that I have. Doing all my affiliate business for like Humble Bundle and the other affiliate stuff I have. So that's another 15 to 30 hours a week off stream. And then somewhere in there I have to eat, sleep, and be a, an understanding partner to my girlfriend and a, uh, a dog dad. So mentally, you're just... You gotta be mentally tough to realize that you're gonna be making sacrifices and in that sacrifice, you have to find the balance of, well, my self-care or my family time or my dog or my work needs more attention. So you're kind of spinning all these plates while you're half asleep, mm. if, you, if you get what I mean. Yeah. And in no way, shape, or form am I saying that this is a bad thing because it's been rewarding, but I don't go out. Like, I don't go out. Like, my, since my computer's been down and I can't stream, like, we can barely record the podcast on my rig. I've, I've been able to yeah. jank it and Frankenstein it where we can continue to do the podcast. But, like, since it's been down, my girlfriend and I went bowling. You know, I've I've played video games for fun. Um, 
I've been able to just go upstairs and lounge on the couch for the first time in two years. Like, it's... It is a grind, and I don't mean a grind in a negative sense, because it, it is grindy. But you're building your business, you're building your brand, so the grind is different than grinding at the day job I hate. There, it's a yeah. welcome grind. And I've, I've seen things online where like, oh, you're, you know, it shouldn't be a grind, it shouldn't be a grind. Well, anything you want in life takes work. And oh, you, definitely. You gotta work. Like, my friend, uh, uh, Hell's Phoenix, who comments on your yeah. YouTube videos, because I can't handle the export to YouTube anymore. So we've been hosting the video version on your YouTube, which is I'm cool with that, because I don't edit my version. I just export the entire goofs and all that shit to my my YouTube. The oh podcast. yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've just I've just been adding in like the title and that kind of stuff. Then right. now because we don't have the overlays, so it's well, always unedited. And, and YouTube because I like to keep it unedited. Right. The, so the gritty. <laughs> so the the person that's been commenting a lot, Hales Phoenix. She's a she's a good friend of mine. Like she's like my best friend's wife. She's a published author who's starting to get published. And she told me, hey man, the the streaming content creation grind is just like the author grind. You have to pre write, pre plan, edit, uh, proofread social media, look at contracts like. If you want to make content creation your your thing, there's so many things that you need to understand that go into it other than just turning on a camera and playing a game. If you want to be yeah. successful, if you just want to say fuck it and YOLO and play games on stream, that's fine. But if you want any type of success, you have to think of one, your channel is your, you are your brand. So you got to think about your logo, your channel design, your your um, presentation, your camera, your microphone, all of that, even before you hit the go live button. Take the podcast, for example. You and I were talking about the podcast for a month or two before we did it. We're like, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? We had endless conversations of like, how do we want to do it? How do we want to format it? And even now, it's evolved from what yeah. we originally talked about in a good way, I feel. Yeah. So the podcast, you, you said a great example of the podcast. We do three to four hours, sometimes conversation that gets cut down to two and a half, three hours. Then after the podcast wraps, we do the 30 minutes, hour bullshit, talk about what we did wrong, what we did right, how we felt about the topics. Then yeah. you hit the rack, and then I spend another two or three hours ripping the audio from the video. Then I go into the audio, and I do all the... I do all the rough edits. I cut out the pops and the clicks and the background noise and the hisses. And I I I I take out the mic peaks so it's a yeah. solid listening. Then I shoot that all to you and then you edit. You do the fine editing. You cut out the ums and the dead air and stuff. So we do the podcast. I do three hours extra. I go to bed. I get up and then you do the whole day of editing the video and editing. So yeah. Your job as a content creator doesn't end when the camera goes off. Definitely not. That's what I've found. And it's one of those things where you're like, you watch successful streamers like Tim the Tatman and Summit 1G and uh, Pokimane and all these other people, and they're like, wow, they, they have these great lives where they're all partying and everything. Yeah. 
because they are at where they are one point doing what we're doing, and now they have editors and a and a media team and and videographers who and social media managers who take a lot of that one man show off their plate. Whereas in the beginning, you're a one or two man show. You and me were with the podcast. We're a two man show. We tag team the editing and the uploading. But on like my streams that aren't the podcast, aside from you and Tim and a few other people who mod it, it's all me. All the editing, all the presentation, all the yeah. content. It's all me. All the social media, all all the brand stuff. Like when we returned to streaming, you and I were just talking off stream. I want to come up with kind of a couple events. I want to launch with new artwork. And I want to launch with a new t-shirt design to kind of say, this is what the community has done for me. This is their return. This is what we were able to do. Thanks to you guys putting the computer together and really focusing on. We really appreciate Doc's content. We really appreciate the way he does things. We want to make it so that he can continue to do those things. And in my responses, okay, you did your part. Now my part is to make the graphics better, to come out with a new t-shirt design so that we have new things to show for what the gift you've given so that we can go to the next level. Yeah. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't know, but that's where my head's at right now. So just in those decisions alone, I have I have literally emailed 24 different artists between overlays, logo design, and t-shirt artists to kind of pitch them ideas. So I'm interviewing 24 separate proposals, cost to, to production analysis is I'm now communicating with other artists on how to do screens and overlays, because for me, even though it's a long shot, Twitch is something I want to do, but I want to be successful at it. So I'm taking it upon myself to do all these other things, to think of it as a brand, to bring in good partners like you. And eventually, when we get sponsors for the show, we want to have partners, not just like people that do what we want them to do or throw money at us. We want partners yeah, that we can rely on and trust to kind of grow our brands with us. Like you, you and me with the podcast, you on your own, once you get more situated where you can do more content creation, like you were talking about off, off camera, and then just me continuing to grow the my brand the the tr- the problem i have is with work and kids and a dog and streaming i don't have time to do the youtube element so much yeah so i just shoot 20 minute vlogs where i get on and talk about my life now a lot of other streamers will cut highlights of their streams and stuff together i i honestly don't have the time or the mental capacity to sit 12 hours yeah. and comb through eight 10 20 30 hours of a week stream to get like a 15 minute video i just don't have it mentally physically or chronologically i just don't got it eventually i'd like to get to that point and i know it's a big component of growing but i'm hoping that exports of the podcast and vlogging will get people interested in the twitch side of things because they're like i know this guy from his vlogs and from the podcast Let's go check out his other shit on Twitch. And for me, my growth is slow because I don't do the rat race. I don't do the grind. I don't do the trends on Twitch. And I don't do I don't do the popular shit. And if anybody does, I'm not throwing shade. That you do you. I appreciate you. You do you. 
But for me, it doesn't interest me. Shit like Call of Duty or Battlefield, they're not my bag. They're not they're not my thing. Doing RPG yeah. shows and, and highlighting indie games and doing like interesting voice work stuff. Um that's that's where my head gets excited. That's where my 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 teeth get wet or my my mouth gets wet for content creation. Yeah. Because it's different. And different is gonna grow slower. So I've I've got streaming friends that started after me and have shot past me. And I'm not hating on them. I'm like, kudos, you, you, you yes, do it. And I've done everything I can to support them. And they've by proxy done everything they can support me. And a big mental struggle for me in the Twitch game, especially, was early on was well they're it's a guy with a headset and a Papa Sound chair playing Call of Duty, not doing nothing, and he's he's blowing me out of the water. Or I also had the problem of, well, I mod for a bunch of guys, and I think I'm a better mod than I am a streamer, so maybe I should just stop streaming and mod for them because I have more time to mod than I do a lot of other stuff. And when I pitched that idea to a couple of my friends, they were like, fuck you, I'll unmod you. No, not happening. You're not quitting. You're not quitting streaming just a mod because you're you, even with everything you deal with and the mental burnout and everything, you're still an amazing entertainer. You're still an amazing streamer. Don't stop. If if you don't have the time to mod for me because you need to stream more, do that. Yeah. And that that's another part of the game you don't see is the social networking. Like you don't grow if you don't hang out with other people. Because the quickest way to get, the quickest way to grow is to go about hanging out and getting your name out there respectfully. You don't just jump into someone's Twitch chat and go, guys, guys, look at me. I'm a streamer too. No, you hang out. You actually form a connection. And like, if you're a streamer in my channel, you come in, you hang out. And if you're like, chill for a while i'll eventually go hey are you a viewer are you a streamer because you seem like a cool dude if you say yeah i'm a streamer then i will open the door and go what do you stream go follow this guy he's a cool dude but if you drop yeah. in and be like hey docs i'm a streamer i'm gonna be like sorry dude bounce not happening yeah. you, you don't you're not going about it the right way because yeah, it was a time and place yeah you don't want to you don't want to try and poach and then you mentioned uh are they hanging out with you because you're you, or are they trying to build their name off the back of you? Yeah. That's a huge problem in the content creator space. Like, there's countless people that you could look at and be like, oh, well, they're just clout chasing, or they're just collabing with that guy to get their name out there. And I think that I haven't had that happen to me because, like I said, I'm not I'm not real big right now but i have seen it with a couple of my friends who are 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 kind of big who started out smaller like i did but have kind of shot up a little bit and it's it doesn't have to be like that and and i'm really annoyed that it it does happen because i don't want to sound pessimistic here so in a way crime does pay because some of those guys that have had clout chased and coattailed, they've shot past those guys they started with. Yeah. And left and it's it's fucking disgusting. Well or not, yeah. 
the, like, I brought that up because I've heard other streamers, like uh, bigger streamers, see that your streamers at like two, three, four thousand average viewers and stuff like that. That they've tend to talk about the same thing, and that you never know what these people are coming in to be friends and all that kind of stuff. Who are they sharing the information with? Uh, right. Which is just a disgusted kind of thing. The reason I'd brought it up is because I'd, I had been making a couple of jokes because um, obviously. The reason why I like whenever I talk about what started this pod, like you were you were talking about how we spoke about this podcast for a month, a month and a half, in and out. Yeah, but it's your baby, and, up, and then we think we did. Said I'd been thinking about doing this podcast for a year mm-hmm. before I'd even mentioned to you. So like it has been running through my mind, and I've been having these plans and this and this, this is how I want to do this, this is how I want to do that. And then it kind of evolved into what it is today. And like you said, I'm not bitter about it. Like, I know what I had in mind was different from this, but I'm enjoying how this is rolling out and how this is going. But mm-hmm. the reason why I was I was joking about it is because I was watching another streamer at, like, 4,000 viewers and stuff like that with Tim. Mm-hmm. So, like, me and Tim were in the same stream, but never, ever talked each right. other or, or knew about each other and it wasn't until they raided titan mm-hmm. that we then kind of stuck around with titan and met titan and stuff like that. and then it was titan raiding you that then moved us on to you yep. and then it's been like since that there was a good three months where i was in titan stream timing like mods and all that kind of stuff and then i was in your stream timing with you and then I started playing online at like Paladins and stuff with Titan. Mm-hmm. And then that when I kind of got that confidence and started streaming with you guys at like uh, League of Legends and mm-hmm. doing the RPG, which I'd never even like. I, I still to this day keep on talking about how I feel bad for you that you use uh, every episode out other and I go, right, so what am I doing? You're fine, you're fine, you're doing great. Speaking of the RPG. Once we make the move towards the end of end of summer, we're going to bring something back. We're going to get something going. Because I feel bad how that shit had to get shelved. Like, it's on the docket. We're going to bring something back for everybody. Oh, that's fair. We'll get there. We'll get there. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's things like that. And then the likes of, like, Monster. It's quite funny because I started following Monster um, back in maybe October, November, because you raided them. But I never ever went back into streams just because I had so much other things going on, and mm. I was I, like, he would stream when another streamer would stream that I enjoy watching. It just never ever sat synced up, um, and it's only been since about January, like mm. late January, start of February, where I started dropping in more of his streams and and stuff like that, which has been good. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm so Go ahead. it's like getting to kind of like meet him and then meeting like bill bob and stuff like that um i've played with bill bob once or twice through titan as well Mm. on like apex and stuff but the only reason i'd put it up was because um i think it was it was monster raided uh smoky skulls right and i think it is uh jusmus yeah i think it's jusmus jusmus yeah his buddy they were and we we kind of sat in their stream and they were doing like marbles and stuff like that, um, and uh, Smokey randomly messaged me 
um, I, like last week or something like that, asking if I'd ever played uh, that Elite, um, what was it called? Elite Dangerous. Yeah, Elite Dangerous. And when I'd Googled it, it came up that I'd already previously searched for it. So I knew it must have been a game that I, I wanted to play. And then when I seen it again, I was like, oh, no, that was a game that I wanted to play, but my computer would run it and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, well, I, I, mine's is, you can get it on PlayStation. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, that's brilliant. I can play it on PlayStation. That would be perfect. Um, so, but obviously with the likes of like uh, time zones and stuff like that, it's no thing because I'd said we'll try and get somewhere where we can play because I think he plays it with like just missing that. And I was making the kind of that's good, not you. Uh, I'm oh, listening. No, it's just it's where I can take this part out of the audio file, okay? So that it's not coming through on Spotify. Um, but yeah, uh, when I was talking about it because I was sitting there, I was like, ah. Is, does he want to play with me, or is it because I'm Scottish? Is he trying to use my accent <laughs> to get on views? And it was like I, I wasn't meaning it, and like that was what I was just having that kind of laugh. Is that like because you're right. like, well, it can't be because he wants to get on my clout because I don't stream. So what clout the fuck they have? Right, but exactly. That kind of way. I was sitting there. I was like, oh, how dare he try and use my my Scottishness? to try and get himself viewers to come and watch his stream. Um, and it's that kind of way, like, you, you know, for the Discord and all that kind of stuff, I always joke about, like, You're I the show. If I've got the biggest ego mm -hmm. that goes around, when in actual fact, I'm the most insecure person that worries <laughs> that I'm being stupid or I'm no doing enough or I'm no doing this or I'm not doing that. So, but it's just that kind of ongoing joke because even in like a uh, titan stream i'm always talking about how i'm number one mod i'm the best mod i'm mm -hmm. the best thing me and that kind of stuff um but it's just all just a running gag for right. me but but as it's just that kind of i was having a joke like i was like these people are just using me because they know scottish accents are sexy and they'll get all the views and they'll get all the follows and then i'll get cast to the side well, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, your accent drives the ladies wild and the men. So I'm definitely using you for your Scottishness, you asshole. I'll divulge my interior motors right out in front. Hell yeah, I'm using that accent, bitch. Let's go. But it just kind of thymied me where it's like, it's just been such a nice thing of meeting Titan. And I, I really do enjoy gaming with Titan because... Titan plays the games like Apex and Call Like, we've not played Call of Duty together because I don't have the actual Call of Duty. I just have Warzone because right. I'm no willing to pay 60 quid for a game that I can play the free version. Yeah, right. Like, Fuck that shit. That's it. Plus, because I don't have a great deal of time, it's difficult to justify paying 30 or £60 pound for a game mm -hmm. when I'm not going to get the time to play it apart from maybe two or three hours at a weekend. Yeah. The same with Apex. It's a free game. I can play it when I want. Right. Um, But... He enjoys playing the likes of like Paladins and we played Spellbreak together and that kind of stuff. And I enjoy yep. those games. And then when I move on to the likes of like yourself and Tim and uh, Dread and stuff and Outsider and Zim, it's like the, the League of Legends and stuff like that. That I, Like even though I'd never played it before and I, I'm terrible at it. Ah, you're fine. It's still the kind of camaraderie and just having a laugh. And then moving on for there, talking about Zim, so, 
playing the likes of Stardew Valley. We're talking about there's a new game out, Mr. Prepper, which is about prepping for like the end of the world and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And uh, he's going to stream it or try and stream it kind of like tomorrow night. I'll just try and get a bit more streaming. And I'm really excited for that because I really enjoy Zim's streams because his streams are a lot more chill. The games yep. he plays isn't like the shooting games or like your Hades and stuff like that. Yeah, the hectic madness that is my them, game. But it's like um, playing the likes of like Stardew Valley, Final Fantasy. Um, there's been another couple of games that the names escape my mind but it's that similar you're in control of a team and it's like click and fight and and move on in the stories. it's just yeah it's just a, a chill more chill vibe because I, I joke about it but there has been times where i've just fell asleep to his stream on because <laughs> yeah. it's just such a chill kind of go mm-hmm. and then but at the same time we can't see anything because one stream he fell asleep on stream while i was watching them so even he gets drawn in with his end streams because they're just chilling and and brilliant and then you move on to the likes of like monster and stuff uh, and his kind of streaming and his is a lot more like community based he gets everybody involved yeah. he's got his channel alerts he's got his bits things and rewards and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, and i'm going to start trying to watch a bit more of smoky stuff the problem is is his timing that he yeah, streams i'm either in my bed or i'm at work and stuff. yeah that's so the problem with me and smoky too but, i can't i can't watch this stuff because i'm at work or in bed yeah but i have been trying to what i've been watching a few of his streams kind of like offline like his previous streams and mm-hmm. that um just get his content and stuff because i always i still feel like even if it's an offline thing it's still a support it does still yeah, a, a it helps uh, so that's the way I kind of think because it's the same with like see, your streams when you were streaming while I was having a proper work the way my days would work is I would wake up the next morning and immediately start watching your stream while I was getting ready for work getting my breakfast, getting this, getting everything sorted so that I was still seeing the stream that was going on mm-hmm. but it was just 12 hours later Um, so it is, it's just being on this side of the kind of content creating, it's kind of opened my eyes to just what goes into, and it's it's more that the the what goes into it with the fact that you've got your own real lives behind as well that you're having to, like, as you said, you're coming in from work, you're having to then put the food on the table and all that kind of stuff for your family before you can then get down the stair, mm-hmm. um, and it's the same. I, I'd imagine it's the same for a lot of people. Um, and like you spoke about how like the bigger streamers now will have like their editors and stuff like that, and it's that. Like, but they've also still got the real life stuff. Yep. They've got the the drama stuff, the public stuff, the media stuff, the stuff that come up that shouldn't be coming up, the things that they have to deal with that they shouldn't have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So it's like even though some aspects of their streaming and content creating lives have taken away, it's kind of filled in with the bullshit. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah, one hundred percent never ever get away from that grind it's just the grind changes it evolves and not necessarily yeah. in the best way exactly so it's like um in no way would i ever turn around and say that somebody that can bring in an editor or somebody that can bring in a management team or all like that don't put in as much work as somebody that's oh, yeah. starting off small because they're still putting in the same work yep. it's just different work yeah and it's a whole nother level for sure it's like like you'd said about uh, Hell's Phoenix and how she's uh, 
a, a published author and stuff like that and she was saying that it's not as different from content creating because mm -hmm. of the work that you have to put in and i think the the only way like i'm I'm kind of drawn to the end of this kind of topic to move on to the next ones. Mm -hmm. So, like, my, my final kind of thing in it would be more like when you're looking into content creating, don't go into it thinking that it's different, that you're superior or it's like you're getting the best deal because the likes of Hell's Phoenix that's doing her author or writing, her, or writing and stuff like that and the work that she has to put in, you look at me and trying to kind of, we are trying to set up this uh, other business, uh, the, the, the logistics and stuff like that, and I'm out having to do sometimes 12, 16 hour days out in the road where the only money that we get brought in is for half of that day. Right. So it's like I'm doing six, seven hours unpaid work okay. in order to try and, and rifle up, and then uh, the other chap that's involved in it, he's got other things that he's also having to work on to keep everything afloat. So it's like, no matter what you're doing in life, be it content creating, be it startups, be it uh, writing, be it anything else, if you want to get anything out of it, you need to put in the grind, you need to put in the hard work, you need to do the, the bottom of the barrel scraping in order to make it work. Don't think your work is any easier or harder than the next person. Don't think that you're having to go through a lot more because you're a content creator and you're having to deal with this, this and this because somebody else that's in a different line of work is still having to go through the exact same hard work slog fest that you're having to go through. It's just a different slog fest. Oh yeah, 100%. Like... And I think that's what content creators get hit with is most people in... Had, most people that are in normal society jobs quote unquote normal way, yeah um, let's put it that way um, look down on content creators or, or you just sit at a computer all day and that kind of stuff but they don't see what goes in behind the scenes they just think well I'm having to work all day nine hours a day doing this then I have to go home and do it and you're like but so do most like all these content creators it's their yeah. job as well they don't, it's not as if they just go live and as soon as the live work starts, they've got an hour of con or talking to like their moderators and stuff like that to get everything set up. They're, before that, they were thinking about what their content's going to be, getting the final touches in. Before that, they were still trying to come up with final aspects of the, the content they're wanting to produce. Then once they've come off the camera, they're then having to think of how am I going to edit this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Uh, then thinking about the next day, the next stream, the next video that they're going to put out. So it's like, don't think that people that are on Twitch and YouTube have it any easier than you. Because at the same time, you can... I, I like to look at it in a sports way as well. And that content creating, like you're playing video games and that kind of stuff, and they're, like, uh, they're getting paid all this money just to sit at a computer, and you're like, uh, well, at the same time, football players are getting paid all this money to run about and change football. Yep. Like, but the hard work that footballers put in to make sure their career to get to that point, that's what makes them worth what they're, they're getting paid. And it's the exact same with content creator. If you put in the work, you'll get the pay that you deserve in the work that you put into but it's to remind people that 
it might take you might get that lucky break six months down the line one of your clips goes viral and that snowballs everything through it might be three four five years down the line before you get that one thing the main thing is is remember what people are, are looking at is that your content for me is first and foremost if you're not putting out decent content who's going to stick around like i know the likes of like cameras and stuff like that and your, your setups and that are important but it's like you can have a really fancy camera but why would people want to come and watch your day if they don't like the content yeah. so there's like so much more you have to put in before you start fine-tuning things so don't just go into it thinking oh i'll just play video games and it'll work for me because you have to remember through this lockdown especially twitch and youtube is such a saturated market right now you have to be steps beyond you can't be just another streamer because we've got fifty thousand of them we don't need another one we need entertainment we need that something different and when you've got that something different you will see everything start to snowball it's the same in any any thing so me and logistics there's plenty of logistics company. You've got the, the main US mail, the Royal Mail, that do mm. logistics. But as a company, we need to be a step beyond. We need to offer that something different that will make customers come back. It will make customers use our service over any other service. That's what content creating to me is like, is that you need to, you need to offer that something different that the 20,000 other streamers on Twitch daily can't offer and that's where you will start to gain your success yeah that's a great point for to kind of end on how you kind of encapsulate everything i think for my final thoughts i just kind of want to fine-tune some of your points streaming and content creation is something that is this is going to sound weird but it's a co-optional sport okay and what i mean by that is a lot of times you will meet people that you gel with and you can collab with and, and you can grow with. But then there's a lot of times where you're looking at the, the category and there's 25 other people ahead of you or there, or there's 50 or a hundred other streamers in that same category that you're competing against that aren't necessarily on your team. So you have to be able to bring some sort of uniqueness to it. Like you said, you have to have some sort of element to your character, to your presentation, to, to, to the way you per, per, the way you present content has to be something that within the first 30 seconds to a minute something goes all right i'm in i'm gonna watch this and once you get them you gotta have something that keeps them so if you have that viral clip and the viral clip isn't necessarily indicative of your stream as a whole it doesn't matter if a clip blows up if your stream isn't like that clip they're not going to stick around. Conversely, if people come to your stream and you don't have a viral clip, but they feel you should be bigger, that's a kudos to you because a lot of times I hear compliments because um, you bring up Monster a lot. I don't remember exactly how I found Monster. Uh, UKZ Monster on Twitch, by the way. He's he's huge. He's amazing. Um, I think he was in a stream that I was in and I do modding and voice work for a stream channel called Silver Studios. 
I voice the mascot of the channel. I do I do all the voice work for his skull mascot. And I think one night I was modding and Monster was in the chat and was like, yo, that the character's dope. Who does the character? Like, that's not your voice. Who the hell is that? My buddy Drew runs Silver Studios and he's like, oh, that's my guy, Dox Ryan. Well, then I got a, I think I got a whisper from Monster. He was like, hey, I've got this character. Can we maybe hook up and do something? And my response was, let me come by your channel, see what you're all about, and then we'll talk. And the week or two I was watching this stuff, we kind of hit it off. And I was like, yeah. And now when people go by his channel, they're like, who the hell is Marvin? Who does his voice? Yada, yada, yada. And it's like, oh, that's my guy, Doc. So for me, a lot of my uniqueness comes in the fact that I, I do off. I do off peak Twitch stuff. I do yeah. the voice work. I do the RPGs. I do I do like just random like indie stuff. And on my channel, I've got my own 50 different voice commands. I've got a dozen unique vo uh, channel rewards. So not only is my presentation and my content unique in the fact that it's not, not everything that Twitch does, but I'm also unique on Twitch. Yeah. But it's a double-edged sword, like I said earlier. My uniqueness also... Uh, prevents me from growing as fast as I could because I don't do the mainstream and I'm, I'm totally happy with that. That's, that's what I'm always going to do. Um, but that uniqueness works in two ways. And the last bit, if, if, if you want to do content creation, always, always think, how can I stand out and also realize that everything you do on camera, you're going to do double off camera. You're going to do yeah. double the hours off camera that you do on camera, especially if you want to make any kind of progress. If you just want to throw a camera on and play video games, that's fine. You're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. You're, you're, you're just going to get one or two people and that's fine. One or two people is fine, but you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to make content creation your career. If you don't spend that time off, off screen. So be prepared to make the sacrifices. Be prepared to spend double your on-camera time off screen. But I know we talked about more of the, 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 the mental drain of it. My end point will be if you do those things and people start to show up and the right people show up, you will have friends and community that you, that you won't believe. And like we talked last week, you guys, you guys are the prime example of doing things the right way because from, for years I've been streaming for the last couple of months, we've really made some strides. We've really built the community and then my shits hit a spiral, just gone. My computer's dying. I'm, I don't got the funds to replace it. I make a tweet and a discord post, not saying, help me, help me just this is the facts. This is what's going on in my life. And instantly, everybody was like, we got you. So the grind and the time you spend, and if you do it the right way, I don't know how to, I don't know how to case how I feel because it, 
it makes me overwhelmed with positivity and and the, the feelings of yes i'm doing something right but it terrifies me with oh my god what the fuck are they doing like why why don't don't do that like ah. so yeah. put the time in do it the right way and you'll reap the rewards it may take time or it may happen instantaneously but that's all the flip of the coin yeah as long as you do the grind though you'll weight the coin in your favor Oh, definitely. So, I think that I think that was a great topic. Let's move on to now. Traditionally, for those of you that are new to the podcast, we have what we call rambles. We're not doing those today. We have we're going to combine the two rambles and just call this segment "Story Time with D and C" because we're just about to tell a bunch of fucking stories about our life and what we do and some of the crazy ass adventures we had. Because fuck it, why not? It's our show. Let's go. So. Why don't you jump off? Tell me, tell me some of these. What do you got in there? You said uh, you got what do you got? You got drunken, drunken stories and traveling. So drop it. Let's go. Tell me what you got. Yeah, well, I should really going to start anywhere. It was me up just kind of let's see if we can segue at a different. Kind all right. Of well, consider this the segue. Yeah. Um. But that uh, yeah, like, I I just kind of thought like I knew. Earlier that I, I was I, I wasn't going to be in a position but to sit and, and have proper like oh we have to discuss this we have to discuss that so I thought it might be fun just to sit and try and share a little bit about story time um, baby yeah like to kind of learn that little bit about it's like six episodes in let's actually learn the people behind the mics <laughs> um, right and then I thought what better way to do it than to discuss a Scottishman getting absolutely leathered in different countries. And and try to find his way home. Alright, let's go. <laughs> I'm in. So where where have your steaming adventures taken you, my friend? In far and wide. Far, far and wide. Far and wide, he says. Like I've I've been up in Finland where we had a nice drunken time where um where it was I used to travel with a superbike team, um, one of my best friends from Holland. Uh, she used to ride bikes uh, or road racing and stuff like that. Your, mm-hmm. your Northwest 200 and stuff like that. Proper, proper super bike racing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she started doing the international road racing, which is kind of like a European event. Right. You would have, like, I think it was like eight rounds in different countries throughout Europe. And we travelled like that. Um, when we got to Finland, that was... Finland was the good one. Finland was the middle of the year where I left Glasgow, drove nine and a half hours to the bottom of England at Dover, took a two and a half hour ferry to Cali, and then I had another five and a half hour drive all the way up to Rotterdam. I got to Rotterdam at about 2pm because I'd been driving from about 8pm the night before because I'd worked that day from 8am till 6 got home, quick something to eat, change, wash, everything, into the car, and made a beeline back down south. Um, got there for 2pm, had a quick sandwich, 3pm started loading up the van, and drove from Rotterdam up to Hamburg in Germany. Jesus! Where we were picking up another rider's bike to take up, because he was having to work, and he couldn't get, the, the transporter was at full, uh-huh. So he couldn't get his bike up, and he was having to fly. Oh, Jesus. So we were like, ah, right, well, we'll take your bike up if you pay, like, half the, the travel. Right. And then he can just fly up, and we can 
he'll get there. So we went to, to Hamburg and picked up uh, his bike. Got there at about 11pm that night. So that's me now being awake and on the road for, what, 28, 29 hours? Yeah, that's a bit. That's a bit. But that's just this this thing. This isn't adding in the 10 hours that I was awake and at work. Yeah, right. For this moment, which I was a delivery driver. So I was on the road driving for those 10 hours as well. So we arrived there at 11, started loading up the van about 1 a.m. It made something to eat and stuff like that. So we're mm-hmm. like, ah, having we're dinner, we're going to have to start getting to sleep. It said that we could stay there. So we were like, right, perfect, perfect, we could get it sorted. What he didn't say is that he actually had nowhere for any of us to sleep. Oh, no. So uh, she ended up in the top floor where she was on a couch. Oh, no. That was just covered in cat hair. It was just something extra. So she was in there. I was down in the living room on a small two-seater leather couch. Oh, no. We specifically said we had to drive from Hamburg, Germany, all the way up to Stockholm and Sweden. Because mm-hmm. the next day at 8 a.m., we had to be at the ferry that was taking us from Sweden to Finland. Oh, so that God. was like a 12 hour ferry. So we had specifically said we need to, we were going to have to be up and out the door for about 6 7 a.m. so that we could get the trip up without having to rush. So we finally it, it wanted to sit and chat and all this kind of stuff. And we were like, no, 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 we need to go to bed. We need to go to bed. So we finally got to bed about. Half two, three a.m. Yeah, and we were like, ah, "Well, we're just going to have to have the four hour sleep," and that was it. And we would just sign me up. So I was, I was doing the stairs and, and find me, and I was like, "Right, that's fine." I fell asleep at five a.m. What can only be known as a fucking air raid siren <laughs> started going off in his living room where I was. Oh, no. Well, five a.m. I was up. Just like, well, I'm bright-eyed because right. what the fuck, am I being attacked? Are the Germans coming? So, um, the next thing I know is he comes down the stair and he switches off and he's, oh, sorry, that's just my alarm. I forgot to turn it off. And you're like, why the fuck is it doing here? You got a fucking air raid for your alarm, bro? Damn! Like, else, everybody else just has a fucking alarm clock. Like, who the fuck is this? So, he goes away back upstairs and then about 5.30, 5.45, I finally doze back off. And then at half past six, air raid goes off again. <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I- I'm kind of awake. And then about seven in the morning, um, she ends up coming down the stairs. And she's like, ah, I can't, I-, I couldn't sleep. And I was like, ah, you don't know the fucking half yet. <laughs> I think I got about 45 minutes sleep here. I thought, so we're like, right, we need to get up. We'll just get up and thing it. And he was adamant he was going to make his breakfast. And right. like, look, we don't really have time for breakfast. We need to. He's like, no, no, no. I've just got some rolls and stuff like that. Just you can grab and then go. Is that like, so? We're like, we don't want to really be rude, even though this is being rude. Right. Um. So we kind of sit down, and he comes in and he geezes the rolls, and then he's away for like fifteen minutes. You're like, what? So we wander in. 
and he's there and he's boiling eggs and he's making coffee and we're like no we need to go like we we need to fucking move so it ended up 8am we're running out his house she's got boiled eggs just in her bag i've got rolls and a cup and two cups of coffee as we're bundling into the van to then start we'll drive all the way up oh and like, ah. god damn and it's that kind of way we get into the van and we're driving we go into the motor sitting there like that what the fuck was that what just happened what just fucking what did we witness <sighs> so we drive all the way up we, we ended up stopping in copenhagen right. and we got lunch and stuff and then we continued up we got to the hotel in stockholm at three in the morning Ooh. Just straight drive all the way up. And this is still... I've technically had 45 minutes sleep since <laughs> yeah. Sunday morning. This is now Tuesday. Gone on to Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So we get there at 3am and it's like an old hotel that's been turned into a hotel. Or an old hospital that's been turned into a hotel. I was fucking terrified because I'm sitting there going, it's haunted. It must be haunted. It's like, gotta be. Of all the- I've done here, it's haunted, we're in a hotel that used to be a hospital in Sweden, so we get into bed and stuff like that and straight away we know we need to be up at 6 because we've got an hour drive to get to the ferry port so jump in the van at 6 in the morning uh, and drive up to the ferry and we're like, we kind of decided that because we were only going, we were like, we'll only have the three hours sleep because we know we'll get a sleep on the, the ferry because it's 12 hours Perfect. Yeah. But what we didn't know is that when we got to the ferry, the more of the day ferries don't open the cabins for you to rent. Oh, yeah. So we were having to stay in, like, the main area where everybody was. So there was no place that you could chill and get asleep. So um, for a further 12 hours uh, of the, this ferry... We were literally just having to be awake. We tried watching some like programs and stuff like that on the computers, and then we ended up finding solace of we found a foosball table, right? And we genuinely spent six, seven hours just playing foosball at each other constantly. And we did get some like uh, vlogging and stuff like that. And and there's like just moments that are hilarious. That just moments where I was getting my ass kicked. And stuff mm-hmm. like that, and she was just she was such a good foosball player. Um, and then we finally get to Finland, and we're like, "Cat, right? I've booked the hotel in Helsinki, and I've got one that had a spa and all that kind of oh, stuff." Oh yes, I'm going to into the hot tub, have a steam, just chill out. So we finally arrive in Helsinki at about quarter past nine at night, mm-hmm. and we go in. We're like, "Cat, right? Um, we're just going to go up, put our stuff in. Where's the spa room and all that?" Oh, no, no, the spa room shut at 9pm. Oh, kiss my ass! And that was us, and then we were like, ah, right, well, what we'll do is we'll just get something to eat, and then we can chill in the room and find me. Oh, no, no, the restaurant stopped serving at 9 as well. Oh, that's some bullshit like, ah, right there. Mother, like, that was the reason why I booked this hotel, right. because we wanted the spa and all that. So right? that was, I just had to go back up to the room and just watch something on the telly and then fell asleep. And then we had to get back up the next morning to continue the drive because the, the race that we were going to was literally on the border with Finland and Russia. Okay. So we still had like another three-hour drive out. 
And then when we got there, we then had to set up the equipment, set up the, the awning, get the bike ready and stuff like that to then start the race weekend on the Friday. So mm-hmm. it was literally four days of travelling. The funniest thing about it was during that weekend, that's where we started meeting the Finnish people that love their vodka and love just having a good time. Right. Um, the parties were just fucking stunning. Um, just getting drunk, getting a time. But it was coming back. We decided, because we'd had such a lot getting there, because the race weekend was like, you get there the Thursday, Friday you have like your practicing and stuff like that. Saturday's all the qualifiers, and you have one or two races, then Sunday's race day. Right. So you have to be on your ball all weekend because you're riding thousand cc bikes. Mm. Um, so you're on your point, concentrating all the way through. Um, so we decided, well, the mechanic and that were flying back. We were going to drive back again. We were going to have a night in uh, Gothenburg in Sweden. Like, uh, we'll book a hotel. We'll then just go out and we'll enjoy ourselves for that night. So this is where the the, the, the story gets interesting. <laughs> we, get, we drive, we get onto the ferry. And it's a nighttime ferry, so we're like, we'll get a sleep. So we managed to get a couple of hours sleep on the ferry, back nice. up, drive across country, Sweden, to Gothenburg, get there at about three o'clock, find the hotel, get everything in. The hotel is basically like an up and downstairs house that we rented. It's mm-hmm. absolutely stunning. Like an Airbnb before Airbnb. Yeah, pretty much. But it's an actual, it's an actual hotel place. Oh, they just okay. Have big, they just have like forty of these apartments. Oh, nice! You can rent out anything, but they rent them out. I think it was like a hundred euros for the night. So what? It's not that bad. Um, what? So, but what we what we decided was there was an Italian band that do psychedelic rock. Oh right? lord, so what that's trouble. Decided is obviously because we came from Holland, we'd got a couple of the. Yeah, you got, yeah, you got... So we're in the room and we're, we're thinking, and we're like, right, well, what we're going to do is we're going to smoke this, then we're going to go to the psychedelic rock oh, concert. no, no, no! Right? No, we decided we'll walk there because it said that it was like a five-minute walk. It was like, I think it was like three miles. We're like, it's like a five, ten-minute walk. Yeah, and right. And we're like that. So we're starting to hit that, that we're like, ah... I'm not like does they feel as if it's we must have got a dud one, it's not really thing me. And out of the blue, I think I can see a moose watching us at the window. So that's when we started hitting, well, maybe it is working, maybe it's fine. <laughs> right. but, so we'll, uh, we'll start walking to the, the venue. 45 minutes it take. Because it was not a three mile straight shot. You had to right. go up and run and all that. So we finally make it to the, the venue and we're like, ah, we're not feeling this. The smoke and all that is kind of sad. Like we we expected so much. Um, mm-hmm. We finally we get to the venue. Music, it's a, an amazing show. Everybody's friendly. It's like it's a sweet small. I think there was twenty people there. It was right. a great. We just a nice wee nice show, pretty much. Just an intimate show. Yeah, and then after the gig, we were sitting talking. We were making up wee jokes with the thing because like. You were people watching and you're watching the band and it's like there was like three males and a female singer kind mm-hmm. of thing. 
but you were watching them and you're like, ah, like the two males were kind of sitting beside the female and the female was like talking to one, but while she was talking to one, the other guy was looking all sad and, and angry and that. And you're like, oh, they've had a wee thing and he likes her, but he also likes her and they're fighting there, there's all this, and we're making up stories about the band kind of thing. Right. And then we decided to look, nothing's happening with us. Uh, we we might as well just start heading up the road. We just, we're no feeling it. It's no it is and all that. So we ended up stopping off at a shop to get something to eat. And then it was once we had left the store, when it all hit us that we were definitely high. <laughs> because I was walking down the street with an open container of hummus, <laughs> a flat bread and ham. And I was like, I'd put the ham in my pocket. Just Fucking hell! Straight ham in my pocket and I was taking out slices putting it on the flatbread and dipping it in and eating as I go ain't nothing wrong with that she she was using her credit card to eat her ice cream that she had bought <laughs> and it went no. about 20 minutes doing that journey where we went and looked at each other <laughs> and thought we've definitely been hit with this <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure it's just you're just um um, as we're walking down with all the lights and, mm. and that, and then we got back to the hotel and we decided this was about midnight, one a.m. and we decided we'd have to get up at nine so that we could go on the road because even though we didn't have to be there at a certain time, we were just wanting to have one final drive. So we're like, can't we yeah. just sleep for players? It, it was the single greatest bed and pillow combination I have ever been in in a hotel the bed was the greatest fucking thing in existence to the point where i still crave going back just to sleep see just for one night good sleep yeah right I want to go back. i'll happily go and spend four five six hundred pound just to go and get a sleep and it was it got to the point where uh 9 a.m came i didn't even wake up i didn't even know but she had said she woke up, looked and seen that I was just out of it and went, nah, fuck it, we'll sleep an extra hour. Right. And I woke up at 10, looked at her and went, nah, she's enjoying her sleep. We'll just sleep another <laughs> hour. So it was like, I think it was like 25 past 11 where we both kind of woke up and went, that was fucking... And it was like you know, when you're sitting there and you're like, that was fucking amazing. That was the best night ever. And you're sitting there you're like that. We're talking about a sleep. <laughs> we literally had a sleep. Best night ever. And then that's when it dawned on us that you had to be out your apartment at half past 11. Oh, no! So it was a case of just grabbing everything, flinging everything away, bundling it into the van, away to check out, and then go on the road. Yeah. But, and then it was just a straight shot, Goatburg, straight through it back to Holland. Um, we got back to Holland maybe the Tuesday night. And this is where, like, this is where people are like, I thought, well, it was a good thing. But the problem that I had was we arrived back, I think it was 9 p.m. on the Wednesday. Mm -hmm. That was when we arrived back at Rotterdam. I then had a flight at 8 a.m. on the Thursday Whoa. to get back to Glasgow. Mm, the flight got me in at about 9 9.30, because 
it's it, like gone back because of the time zones and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was about nine a.m. I got back. My sister picked me up at the airport in Glasgow, drove me back to the house where I picked up or got changed, picked up my van and drove back out to work, where I then worked for another four days till the Sunday night. Yeah. Monday morning, I then was on another flight back out to Rotterdam in order to go to the next race weekend. Right. That was like the following week. And then once we'd done that race weekend, that finished on the Sunday. It wasn't as far. It was only in Belgium, so it was only like a six-hour drive. Drive mm-hmm. six hours back from there, got back to Rotterdam again at about midnight, 1 a.m. I immediately then had to get back in my car drive back to Glasgow because at 11 a.m. I then had work on the Monday again. Yeah. And that was kind of how it was going for a few months before I kind of just went, this is not working for me. It's Mm. just, it's too much. I'm just, I'm not getting time to myself because even though we were going to the race weekends, you were having a drink, we were still having to work. Right. So it's literally, I was not getting a day off because the time off, I was having to travel. Mm-hmm. And that was when that was when I ended up deciding to move to Holland and just gone down that path. But, so how um, long did you, how long did you spend in Holland, like living there? Um, it was kind of on and off. It was like I'd spend like three months there, and then we came back to Glasgow for kind of like winter for the off season. Then we went back to Holland in like the March, and then it was about June again when I came back. And then that was when because I came back because I got opportunities for jobs and stuff right and it just kind of everything snowballed for there right and, and that kind of stuff so yeah, that was the only reason but i definitely go back but um you can't have this but that finland trip still it's still just in my head of one of the greatest experiences that ever was um i mean it's not as much as my czech experience where i got really very 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 drunk on this stuff. It is called Slivovice. Slivovice? It's, like, it's a plum liqueur from Ooh. Czech Republic. Uh, but what it was is Czech Republic have this amazing tradition that see if you if I walked up to you and offered you a drink, right? Yeah. Like a shot or whatever I was drinking, I'd pour you a shot, but I would also have to take a shot. Yeah. So we would take a shot. But if then I went to like B and said, oh, have a drink, pour B a shot, I would then have to take a drink with B. So whoever's doing the pouring is literally taking a shot for every person that they're offering a drink to. That means that you've only had one shot, like your party's only had one shot, but the pourers had nine. (laughs) Yeah, kind of like that that story I talked about at that convention in 2000, where we got to, yeah, where we where we got to know the bartenders and that the night the whole crew showed up i was getting drinks drink with the crew drink with the bartenders yeah. man yeah same same yeah. i can relate well, i, I that's can relate much how that their kind of tradition goes but what we didn't notice is i was drinking this liqueur and you did not feel it it did not make you drunk so i literally um it got to about 10 o'clock in the evening We'd went round for a barbecue and that kind of stuff with the Czech fans for the races. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just having a great wee time. Um, her, the mechanic, and her mum and dad 
we're basically like, uh, right, we're going to have to start heading. I was like, ah, well, I'm still enjoying these drinks. So I then discovered that I'd had about 16 of these shots. Still not feeling it. I was, I was just completely convinced it was just a plum water. Right. Because it just, there was no drunken effect. <laughs> yeah. And then I made one vital mistake. Mm-hmm. I drank something else. I literally had a can of curling. Like oh. the shittiest fucking beer you could. Oh. See as soon as it hit your system. Oh, blackout. I fucking feel you. I do not remember you. anything of that night. All I remember is being told that I staggered in with three random checks. Like three random people that we'd never met into the, the camper van that we were sleeping in got put into bed and slept and it turned out that we'd ended up everybody else had left to go back because they had we had races and i decided to stay an extra hour because i was enjoying myself right i did not stay an extra hour i ended up with two of the guys that we'd been drinking with going into prague which was an hour drive away right going into the clubs drinking with members of the Czech Mafia. Oh! Where I was known as Fishies. Wait, that well. was what they kept on calling me because <laughs> I, I don't know, like, this is, I can only say this is what I was told happened. Like, I don't remember <laughs> any of this. But apparently, I had this mindset that they're the Czech Mafia. The Czech Mafia must be the same as the Italian Mafia. The oh, God, no. Mafia. So I was like that. Oh, God, no. That walked by us. I was like, we're going to make them sleep with the fishes. <laughs> you <laughs> didn't. So they kept on, my new nickname was Fishes because I was demanding that these mafia members make them sleep with them. <laughs> oh, my God. You did not. Well, I, I can only do what I've been told. But. Apparently that was the foul night was me just randomly trying to get people murdered by these guys, but they were just having a great time. They th- like to the point where I still have full blown conversations with them because they want me to go back over and have a drink with them because it was just a great experience. Even though I can't kind of remember, fuck all. Baby, we going to the Czech Republic to party with Chris. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hang out with some Czech mafia dudes. We're going to hang yeah. out with fishes over there. <laughs> but that's pretty much how it was going. It was just, it was just absolutely insane. Because... <laughs> Dude, you're so wrong, man. You're so but wrong. That was, I mean, I've had plenty other times because I've, I've like, even other times where I've just went to, to Prague and stuff like that. It's, uh, like I've had times where I've went to we went to Prague um just for like a, a couple of nights to like have a drink with some of the fans and stuff, and then I've ended up in like Germany. <laughs> I just go on a bus with a, a, a couple of people and we ended up in Germany at another party where we just started having a, a drink and all that kind of stuff. Cause like I've like I I got it was it isn't until I get home where I'm then going through my phone and I'm getting like, <laughs> like I'll, I'll send you these off stream because they're not for on streaming. <laughs> yeah, they're not safe. But it's like, there's, there's videos of 
me and a bunch of these Czech guys pole dancing. There's ones where it's just random people that I've never met just <laughs> dancing and grinding up against other people and stuff like that. Um, the the funniest thing is is it's one thing that's made me question whether I wanted to get into streaming is because everybody always says anything that's on the internet, if you start streaming and you get successful or not, it will always come out. Yeah. I'm ashamed to admit that there is many, many, many pictures of me butt naked on the internet. <laughs> well, my thing is, is if I get, like, I don't drink spirits. See, like, clear spirits like vodka and right. stuff like that. I don't drink that because it makes me blackout drunk. Yeah, I'll everybody's function. got theirs. Like, I'll sit and have full-blown, like, philosophical conversations where you think this guy is even drunk, but I am not there. You're knackered. That's why I drink the likes of, like, beer and cider and whiskey mm -hmm. and stuff like that because... It keeps me level-headed, mm -hmm. but like I've had moments where like I've I've had vodka and stuff like that, and then my bright idea when I'm blackout drunk is, do you know what we have today? Get naked and dance. What's wrong with that? It's a great idea. Well, it's a great idea when you're fucking steaming, but <laughs> it is the a great idea when people are sending you <laughs> seventeen different point of view clips and videos <laughs> of you grinding up and down against a metal pole. To fucking Beyonce. <laughs> well, hey, the pole should the pole should consider itself lucky. God damn it! <laughs> wow, bro. Yeah, that's fucked up, uh, man. So yeah, like, what? It's, what? It's definitely something. So what I'm hearing from this is when B and I come over to hang out with you, we're not gonna be in Scotland. We're gonna end up in fucking Prague with the mob. It depends if we drink vodka. <laughs> And Bean's over to go, well, she's saving us. She's like, you two can get in all the fucking trouble you want. Like, I don't even know if I've got my wallet yet. I've known my wallet's down the stairs. See, literally in my wallet, I have around, I think it's about 600 Czech kron, which nice. is roughly about £150 right. in Czech money <laughs> in my wallet. I've got about €150 Euros in my wallet right. because... If, when I was in Holland, I would get drunk and end up on a plane, I would end up on a train, I'd end up on a ferry, I'd end up on a bus, a car, a taxi, <laughs> going somewhere that I shouldn't have went, waking up and going, how the fuck do I get back? So it got to a point where I now have to have in my wallet money to get home if I'm going out drinking. Oh, I'm gonna because love hanging out with you. Drinking. And I will say, if you and B come to Scotland, oh no, not if, when, let, or when, and you decide, let's go and have a drink. Oh, Chris, we're gonna give you a vodka. Be prepared to wake up not in Scotland. Oh, dude, I'm so giving you vodka because the best stories happen with vodka. Dude, I'm gonna be like, drink this. You're gonna be like, what is it? Just shut up and drink it. The night's about to get live. We will get you naked and grind it up against a pole. Goddamn it. But the thing is, is you also have to be at a point where, because you cannot have logic in that time, because if you're not the same level, I will just wander off. Like, if you're at the same level, I'll take you with. It's but happening. It's happening. I've been out drinking with, like, uh, like Nadi and Stefan and that kind of stuff, people from Holland, and then they've not been on my level, and I've had vodka, and then I'll wake up, and have 40 messages and missed calls and all that because I fucked off. I just wandered away because they weren't watching me. 
And then that's when I'm waking up and going, I don't know, I'm at a bus station. And then it's the whole big, what bus station is it? And I was like, oh, would you look at that? I'm in Germany. I can't wait. I can't fucking wait. I'm 400 miles away from where I started. (laughs) I can't fucking wait. And I blame the travel operators because they should not be allowing somebody in my state to go on a plane. But the problem that there is is because he's a blackout drunk, I function fully. They don't think that I'm drunk. <laughs> they just assume that I'm just a normal <laughs> businessman that just has a lazy eye. <laughs> I can't, I can't fucking wait. It's gonna be epic. Oh my god, I'm gonna die, but it'll be so worth it. Oh my god, it's a good way to go. It's a good way to go, I guess. The whole time B's gonna be I'm like, I'm still here. <laughs> B, B's gonna be like, what? She's just gonna be following us around with a camera. Yeah. It's probably better that B does come because if you came yourself, <laughs> there'd be probably a search party as B trying to get a hold of you. Where are you? You're supposed to be in Scotland. Nah, we're in Russia. <laughs> we're in some march in the middle of Moscow. Hey. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good, Conan. Good luck, let's go. Vodka, vodka. Vodka. Potatoes and vodka. Bring us the borscht. <laughs> So, yeah, like, I, I, we'll get messy. I'm not going to lie. Be oh, man. Oh, God. Be fucking prepared. Well, that's the thing. Because like, my pal here has been, he's hoping and praying that, because uh, I just have these moments where I just go off the rails and just end up getting steaming. He's trying to keep me kind of normal because, like, in some cases, I was using it as a kind of coping mechanism, mm-hmm. which isn't how you should do it. Well, yeah. Um, but at the same time, he's he's hoping and praying for the day that I invite him and go, right, we're, we're going to Prague. Pack your fucking bag. We're going. Get a backpack. And, and then we end up in these stupid fucking situations and and just end up with the craziest fucking stories. And I mean, I'll keep you away for the random women. Let's keep be happy. Well, yeah, but, I won't be that but, stupid. But She'll kill worry. me. I'll, I'll take them off you. Don't That's you fine. Know. You can take them off my hands. That's great. I'll protect you. <laughs> You'll protect me. I'll You'll protect, protect me. From the You'll protect me from the evil women. I got you. I got you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take the sacrifice and strip them naked. <laughs> Don't you worry. I'll just film it. <laughs> I'll be wearing with the camera. But we can do that then because then it's not prostitution. Exactly. It's content. It's just for OnlyFans. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It just... Uh, it's, it's just no Twitch content. <laughs> yeah, it's going to go on the OnlyFans. <laughs> Dude, and, that, and, and I, we talked about this. You and I have talked about it, and Bernadette and I have talked about it. We have a plan. Like, hopefully, in the next five years or so, when the kids are all grown up and kind of doing their own travels, B and I want to travel. Like, we've been raising kids, and one of the first things we have to do is we have to go over to England and Scotland and Ireland. We got to do that yeah. sort of thing because you're there. Monsters there. Uh, Sneaky Zulu's there. My buddy Yui's there. Like a, a ton of people I know that I'm friends with that are streamers and non-streamers. They're all there. They're like, as soon as you guys yeah. can get the fuck over here, come on over here. Now the plan is five years when the kids are old enough and, and we can go as a couple. But if something happens in the next five years where a stream blows up and I got to go do a convention or something. That is what I'm not going to turn that down. Like if 
if like a year from now the podcast pops off and we get a call that says, hey, can you guys come do a guest spot in Prague or whatever? I'm going to be like, going to Prague, got to make money. And she's going to be like, don't get in trouble. I'll be like, I won't. I'm not well, we just out. better not let the, the sponsors see this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so be off camera goes, I'm not bailing you out. <laughs> That's why you keep the money in your wallet. But yeah, like that I mean that like that's that's the big thing. Like for for us, like we we've been raising our kids to that when they hit college age, they have to go and find themselves. They gotta go figure their shit out and go because mom and dad aren't yeah. sticking around. we we'll be in town, but we've got shit we gotta do. We're young enough and we'll be successful enough where we don't have to stay home. We're cause I can vlog and stream on a laptop from anywhere in the world as long as I got Wi Fi. She can do all her shit remotely as well so we'll have a home base that's the plan we'll have a home base but we're not you know and one of the first spots is bucket list ireland scotland all that shit like we're gonna go over there australia like hey aussies i know you're down there i know you're listening to us give a brother a call we'll come down and party in australia like yep and b's got a group of ladies that want to party down in australia so like it's happening. It's just when is the fact. And like, I mean, if B's not following us around filming our hijinks, she'll definitely be like, don't go to jail. I won't bail you assholes out. <laughs> I won't bail you out here. I'm not bailing you out there. Exactly. She won't bail me out. Oh, my daughter just dropped something on her foot. But yeah, like that dude, that's fucking stupid hilarious, man. That. Talking about just that isn't even they missed it. That's literally just two stories. Yeah, I know, right? Like, there's a like good few years, even non-abroad stories. Like some, I mean, a lot of the stories have involved me on my Tinder adventures, which <laughs> isn't, isn't quite TOS kind of thing. That, that um, is, that's for the OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, where like I've <laughs> called them the wrong name. Oh during, no. Um, or I've destroyed things that heirlooms from their grandmothers that have passed away. <laughs> um, one I completely just forgot the name of. So there's a lot of stories that, <laughs> yeah. that me being drunk has got myself into. Just those, even in Glasgow. <laughs> those are the spicy ones for the Patreon and OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll keep them private. We'll keep them to Discord, so you'd have to join the Discord. If exactly. You, you, if you, you want to know how I ended up with a high heel embedded into the side of my skull. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I'll tell you. I, I I don't have some globe-trotting adventure where I ended up with the Prague Mafia, but I've had my fair share of insane, dumb shit happen to me. And most of it was just hanging out with friends, just getting stupid. Like, one time... I'll, uh, I told you about... I mentioned it briefly on another podcast. We went to a convention. It's a four-day convention that was in Milwaukee called Gen Con. And we just... The first couple days, we got to know the bartenders. The third day, we fucking just ripped it, right? Just VIP'd it. Took over the bar. Got fucking blitzed, right? But the second half of that story was the bar closed. We're fucking blitz dude just fucking steaming right we go head back to the convention right i stopped down an alley because i got a piss i whip it out 
I start peeing on this building and my friends are like laughing. All of a sudden we hear this thing and my buddy's like, oh shit, it's a security guard. Turns out the building I'm pissing on is the fucking federal building. Right? I'm peeing all over the federal building. So I like whipping around, run down the alley with my fucking dick in my hand, trying to finish pissing, shoving it in my pants, right? We managed to dodge the security guard. We get to the convention, and that's that's when the hijinks ensue because a bunch of our buddies were working the convention, and they saw that we were fucking dummy drunk. So one of my buddies goes, you need to do this mission. And we're like, what's the mission? He goes, this is the first year the convention was taken over by like a professional convention company. And they kind of took the fun out of a lot of it. So my buddy had made up this flyer that says, does Gen Con suck? I don't know. Ask Andon. Andon was the convention company, right? So he takes the five of us drunken morons and hands us a stack of 200 copies of these flyers. And he goes, and we're at the Milwaukee Convention Center. This thing's like 100,000 square feet, 300, like this thing is ginormous, right? And he literally plays the Mission Impossible theme song on his iPad. So instantly we're like, dun, 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 right? We're into it, right? And he hands us this form and he goes, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is post these flyers anywhere possible. But do not get caught by security. And of course, the five of us were like, all right, let's go, gentlemen. Synchronize your watches. This is going down, right? So we take these flyers and we we just disperse. Just into the convention center, just disappear, right? Or so we thought. So we start we start throwing these flyers all over the place. I'm like, my one buddy holds me up and I'm swaying. We got this shit on the ceiling walkway. We got these fuckers in the polka hallway. We walked into one part of the convention where people were sleeping and we're taping these flyers on people's heads. We're in the bathrooms putting these flyers on the underside of the toilet. And at one point, security comes walking by. And we're just fucking dying laughing, right? Just being stupid. We see the security guard, and all of a sudden, all five of us freeze, jump against the wall, flatten out against the wall, right? <laughs> and the security guard walks by, and we all, all at the same time, we go, we are not ninjas. We are a hedge. You cannot see us. <laughs> and the fucking security guard just literally looks at us and goes, Oh, see, shit. And so that validates the fact that we are now invisible. Oh, fuck. So we break into the business conference room. And all the restricted areas posting this shit everywhere. And when the mission was complete, we staggered back to the hotel congratulating ourselves as we go along right everybody crashes racks out i can't make it to a better a floor because that's not where i was i had somehow rigged it up where i was sleeping in the hotel closet okay so i climb into the (laughs) climb into the closet 
And in the middle of the early morning hours where I had fallen asleep, instead of... Now, for those of you who are listening audioly, I'll try to describe this the best way I can. I started out laying flat on my back. And somehow, in the middle of the morning, I had moved from flat on my back, like crab walked up the side of the closet wall to where I'm sleeping on my neck and shoulder vertically so that when my buddy's girlfriend at the time opens the closet, I fall out like a felled fucking tree with my head and cocked into my shoulder. And she goes, are you awake? And I'm like, no, I think I'm dead. (laughs) And then we go back to the convention, right? And our buddy who gave us the mission looks at us and goes, were you successful? And we look at each other and go, huh? And then he, he tells us the story. So now we're on the hunt to find these flyers. I shit you not. Not a single fucking flyer was to be found anywhere. From the time we left the convention center at like 4 a.m. to the time we got back at like 9 or 10, none. Gone. No evidence. No nothing. And the whole day, security's just looking at us. Giving us the skeptical hippo eyes. And we're like, why the fuck are they mean mugging us? Oh my god, that was so goddamn stupidly funny. Oh, and the, like the whole time, like at night when we're 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 doing these flyers, there was a Vampire the Masquerade live action role playing game going on. So you have to like do gestures to like trigger your powers and stuff. One of the one of the vampire players was what they call obfuscated, so he had his hands across his chest. Which means he can't talk or interact with the world. Otherwise, he becomes visible. We literally opened the door, waited until he got right to the door, and then closed it. <laughs> so he couldn't, he couldn't get in the door. And then we told everybody to go to a different door. So this poor LARP role player is standing outside for God knows how long, just like, Fuck. <laughs> oh my god, I've been I've never I've never been that drunk. Never been that drunk than I was that weekend because that weekend I literally spent more at the bar than I spent on the hotel, the convention, and food combined. Yeah, that's kinda that's kinda like like Prague in the sense of we went when we were in Prague for the or we were actually at a place called Tericha, um, which is like an hour an hour and a half drive from Prague. When we were there, they had like a little which is like I I'd kinda like I would say it's kinda like your target. Okay. It's kinda like a store that has everything. Target. Yeah, Target. Um <laughs> Uh, but we went in there and we bought 
a week worth of food, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner for three people, and it came at twenty two pounds. What? What were you buying? That's that's how cheap Czech Republic is. Holy shit! You can go into the Czech, like into their normal supermarket, and they have is it is that Stropoban or something like that? It's like their okay. It's their type of beer. Uh-huh. Twelve pence for a bottle. Get the fuck out of here! Really? No. Yeah, it's like a pound for a pint in a pub. It's like one twenty-five for a whiskey sour. Damn. It's unreal. Like you did literally spend more money on drink than food. That's kind of like, insane. This is like actual food. This isn't even just talking about like this is like your Doritos are like ten pence. Right. Like it's absolutely unreal. But yeah. There's, there's definitely a lot of stories, and I know there's a lot of stories for you that I, I still have to hear. Oh God, you'll hear them all. <laughs> we'll and get there eventually. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, we're uh, we're coming up on the two hour mark. We got to get through some stuff, so we'll 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 do some more story time. We'll definitely work some in there because I got a couple oh, yeah. stories of when I was a bodyguard for metal bands. That that they they just got to be shared with yeah. the world like yeah. ridiculously. We'll, we'll, they'll definitely pick a, a nice episode at some point to get a wee bit more story time. Maybe, maybe at episode twelve, every every yeah. six episodes will have story time. Yeah, that works. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna jump into game releases, kind of blitz through those, and then we'll uh, jump into the happy ending, and then. After that, we'll wrap up, kind of do our thing. I will edit the podcast and jump into an RPG I got, then hopefully crawl my ass into bed, get some snuggles, and wake up and not die tomorrow with my 17-hour shift. So, game releases. Brother, what's what's caught your interest? What's coming up? I know you put two. I put two. Let's kind of go through them. Yeah. Uh, the first one I put up was a game called Evil Inside. It comes out on the 7th of May, 2021. It's available on PlayStation 5 and 4, PC Switch, and Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Basically, it is your... It's, it's a horror game. Now, it's more the story that I'm more interested in than the thing, because it does tend to look just like your normal horror movie, where you get a camera, you're having to go through a house, it's dark, you're hearing noises, dump scares and stuff like that. But basically, the right. kind of story that it is, is it's that... Um, you play like a teenager that's family seems to have like been like like the mother's been dead and the father's been arrested for it. Okay. And you're a teenager that uses uh basically a Ouija board. They call it a spiritual board, but it's right. a Ouija board. Um and during your whole thing of trying to get the things, the Ouija board basically gets destroyed, mm-hmm. but because it gets destroyed, it's left the door open. Oh no! So all these paranormal. Oh, sorry, dude, I got <laughs> I got a Ouija board story for you. Come <laughs> on. Uh, I so it's like you're then having a like it says that the object is to gather the fragments of the spiritual board found around the house to be able to contact Rose, her mother, and discover the truth. So basically, you're trying to speak to your mum to find out, did your dad do it, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I put a video in the document, the, the trailer that comes, so you should, like, I'll leave a link in the description for the trailer to actually watch. It just looks absolutely 
fucking terrifying. Yeah, it does. It, it, it looks god awfully terrifying. Yeah, it just it just seems it just seems to be a kind of combination of all the best sort of horror games in that kind of genre, like your your Outlast, your Phasmophobia, um, and stuff like that. So it's definitely I'm really excited for this one. It's just annoying that I have to wait that wee bit longer to actually get to to yeah. enjoy it because it's May, like that's a while away. Yeah, it it definitely looks it it looks ridiculously terrifying. And like, I'm not big on like scary games. Like, I don't like being scared because I have a very like violent reaction to being scared. But when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh god, Bernadette's gonna want me to play that on Halloween. <laughs> and it will have to happen. That's it. It's going to. Unfortunately, I got a feeling everybody's gonna be like, Halloween, bitch, let's go. Not even Halloween, just any dark thing, <laughs> right? It looks yeah. good. I'm definitely interested for sure. It was, uh, yeah, it's one of those rare. It seems like it has the potential to be one of those rare genre-defining sort of titles if they do it right. Yeah, yeah. I think that says to see if it's if it's done right. If it is done right, it'll be a cracking game. If not, then it'll just fall away like all the other kind of horror movie mm-hmm. yeah. games that have came with it. Yeah. So, yeah. The next one, though, is definitely this one. I don't know if you might got a time to kind of to view it and stuff like that. I know this, this one, one. This one, I only recently seen it, and it's one of those ones that I am so wanting to play. Yes. Not even just on the thing. See, just getting a group of people to do the different teams. Basically, it's called Hood Outlaws and Legends. It's available on PlayStation, PC, Xbox, the whole shebang kind of thing. Um, basically, it's the 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 point of it is there's um a kind of NPC computer style uh, that are defending a treasure. PVE. Yeah. Um. That your team of like four people, or it's four or five. I, yeah, um, I think it's a five, four or five minutes. It's five, like yeah. different characters, like a huntress and stuff like that, um, with different abilities. You have to go in in a heist like medieval context yep. to take out the guards that are defending this treasure and steal the treasure back because it's like a, an overlord that's stolen the treasure and this coin and all that from the people, and you have to go and get it back. But what it is the added sort of amazing part of it is that in doing so, there is another team. Yep that are also trying to steal the treasure. So the point is, is you're now having feet the 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 guards in that to get the treasure, but you also have to outsmart and outmaneuver another team of players that are trying to do the same thing. I can't remember if it's another team or if there's like multiple teams. I don't know if there's like two other teams or if it's just the one, but I know there's definitely one team that you have to kind of defeat um but what the the immediate thing that i thought is getting a community splitting yourself into like the two or three teams having your own voice channels and just trying to beat the other ones yeah that's where i see it as that would be phenomenal and the 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 game style of the game looks amazing the graphics looks amazing everything about it just screams this this can be something again, like you said, if it's done right, it'll be a phenomenal game. And 
I just, I really hope that it, it's got to be fine. Uh, this one also comes out the 7th of May. So it's another one that comes out on, I've seen it on the PlayStation. That's what I'm looking into. But um, yeah, like there's different maps. I think there's one, two, three, four, five different maps that you can work on. So I think it, it's definitely going to be an online game. Like, like, so, like, having that kind of apex and thing where it's like different maps and, and, and whatnot. Um, mm. But yeah, it just. Everything looks stunning. Yeah. I genuinely cannot um, actually wait. Hood, Hood's been on my radar for a while since it was announced. It has the. For those of you that are listening on Spotify or any of the major podcast platforms, dun dun dun, major plug. Um. The stylization of sort of that gritty, kind of like fantasy medieval, like just like Assassin's Creed. Yeah, Assassin's Creed meets Lord of the Rings sort of stylization. It looks amazing, and the fact that it's PVE PvP. So not only are you competing against the world to to reclaim the treasure, and it is it's a heist of epic proportions. The fact that there's another team, and I I don't remember, like, the website isn't really clear if it's one team or multiple teams. Oh, no, I just looked at there. It's it's one other team. It's, okay. a, a, I think they say it is a, make your escape. Oh, it's decided to me. Uh, you must outwit the guards and outplay the players in a deadly three-way. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it looks amazing in concept. Like, the story... I don't know if there's going to be any world building or story, but the fact that you have a heist in a medieval fantasy style setting, uniquely done characters with interesting abilities. Because there, I looked through it. I, I, it's been on my radar for a while. Everybody looks to have their own play style. And the asymmetric nature of it, just, oh God, it looks so good. I'm really hoping that like, it gave me like For Honor vibes, to be honest with you. Because of the way that combat was and whatnot. Because For Honor has a... Like a capture the flag and a siege the castle mode. So I kind of saw For Honor and the way they stylized everything and the way they do the combat. But like... It's... Oh man. There's something about it that I can't put my finger on. But every time I see it or read about it, I get excited for it. Yeah. And now with with the new computer, I can totally play it. And it looks ridiculously fun. I, I just hope it's the one thing I want if they do is cross platform. I was just about to say that. I really yeah. hope they do cross platform. Yeah, because if they don't, then I'm kind of fucked for the whole let's do a community kind of thing. Yeah, because I don't got a PS5. Yeah, like my computer will not run it at all. My, my computer does do right. My computer doesn't even let me stream. So just, just wait for that podcast money to roll in, buddy. We'll get stinker. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Hood yeah, looks yeah. good. From everything I've seen, yeah. it looks good. Got a unique concept. It's not, it's not a unique concept. It's a unique uh, spin on an old concept. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, kind of, I like your kind of analogy that they've taken kind of different aspects and stuff like that. The one kind of thing that did kind of me into, and it's probably just me that's has made this kind of correlation is it sort of remind or puts me in mind of D and D. Mm-hmm. See yeah. that kind of the fact that you have different 
characters with different like you, you've got like your warrior, you've got your hunter, you've got things like that. And it just it just kept on giving me that kind of critical role campaign two vibe. Yeah, it's got um, that D and D realized kind of vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. didn't mean to cut yeah, you off, but yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. It's it's like actualized like a D and D adventure done in like yeah. video game form. Facts one one hundred percent. That's how I've seen it. It it looks really good. Like I'm 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 really hopeful for it. And now, thanks to the community helping put the computer together i can i can do a game like that if there's interest and it can be a community event for those that actually have the game so yeah it, it looks good I, I was really glad to see it because i was actually thinking about that game this week and when you put it on there i was like oh thank god i get to talk about it <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's dope um one of the first game i got on the list is odd world soul storm now you ever have you ever played any of the Oddworld games or know of the Oddworld? Sure, I, I do know of it. I'm pretty sure I played uh, a good like I'm talking a while. See when the, it first started coming out, I'm it's a legacy sure franchise for sure. Yeah, like I can't remember when it originally came out, but um, I do remember odd. I'm I'm, I'm talking like PlayStation One mm-hmm, mm-hmm. time, Abe's like, Odyssey. Yeah, exactly. That's mm-hmm. where I see it. That's what I've played. Or well, I didn't actually play it. I watched my brother play it. Yeah, and this is the continuation of Abe's story. The The whole lore of Oddworld uh, expands in Soulstorm. You're Abe, and you're trying to basically continue his struggle of freeing the odds. And it's new gameplay mechanics, a new world, new lore, new prison. It looks so good. Like, if you have any familiarity, like, for a listener or a viewer, if you played any of the Oddworld games, Oddworld had this blend of platforming, puzzle-solving, and third-person action that sort of redefined the genre in the early game of games. Like, it well, it didn't redefine it. It kind of defined it because it came out so long ago. And the fact that Soulstorm's releasing multi-platform and it and just the music and the art direct, it, just, it looks like it's going to be... A return to form for Oddworld. And it's one of those franchises that if you never played the Oddworld franchise, you you really need to experience it because the storytelling and the world building are phenomenal and their case studies on how to make a, a protagonist get you in the fields. Abe is such a, a protagonist where you're like, come on, Abe, you can do it. And Abe isn't special. He, he's, he's, he's just a, a, a grunt who got fed up and was like, fuck this shit. I'm going to take my people out. And it looks like they're going to just continue that story. And I'm so excited to see it. Soulstorm looks so good. It, it's been on my radar since it was announced at E3. I was like, dude. So it's good to see Oddworld be done justice and come back. And I can't wait. I can't wait to play it. Yeah. Uh, when does it come out and stuff like that? Um, uh, Mar- I believe that one's in March because I don't I don't look too far ahead. I think uh, April actually. Odd World's in April. I think it's the mid to end of April. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then yeah, the last one I put on the list is Ratchet and Clank, baby. Ratchet <laughs> and Clank ripped apart. Oh, I have so many memories of playing Ratchet and Clank going Commando. Ratchet and Clank up your arsenal. Oh, right, like just just play Ratchet and Clank. Like, do yourself a favor, go back and get the Ratchet and Clank series and play it. The humor, the gameplay, 
the wacky weapons, the funny storylines of um uh what's the guy's name? Captain Captain Universe or whatever. He's he's such an idiot character and the oh just the villains in that series are so good. The story of Ratchet and his robot buddy Clank, they're back in action now. And now you get a rift mechanic, multi-dimensional world hopping. Oh, boy. I, I could gush about Ratchet and Clank and not say a damn thing. I could just be like, I love it. But the gameplay, the platforming, the, the customization, the wacky weapons, the story, again, just an amazing series, amazing franchise. And unfortunately, it's only PS5 right now. Like, it's yeah. exclusive PS5. And it releases, I think, in I think the furthest I went was May or June, but like as soon as it get released on PC, not a, you bet your ass I'm picking that game up because Ratchet and Clank are, are they're so phenomenal. I played it with my son when he was little. I replayed it with my daughter when she was little. She would sit in my lap when I was playing it. I just I love Ratchet and Clank, and I just oh god, I can't wait to see the next chapter in Ratchet and Clank story. It's so fucking good. Yeah, so it's good. one of those games, again, it's one that I never really played. Like, I've seen other people play it and stuff like that. But again, I was never really a major gamer. Um, mm. I played the, like I played just the, the the same games. I played, like, my wrestling games, my FIFA and stuff like that. That was my gaming kind of thing. It's only been recently in the last few years where I've started branding out. Um, but it was one thing that I did see because my friend was actually, he's brought it up a few times that, he loved the Ratchet and Clank series, and it's one thing that I have noticed, and I thought it was weird that they made it. Like PlayStation bought the rights; it's an exclusive kind of thing. I would love to see the likes of PC and that getting the chance of it. Like, but uh, obviously, everything that I've read is that playstation bought the complete rights pc xbox that will not get to use it they they didn't buy the rights they bought the game company that designs it and insomniac games is a is a sony owned game development studio now right so that that's why sony has it as an exclusive is insomniac is an in-house developer for them now right okay so but even i still hope that it's able to kind of brand out because like i know uh, gaming platforms need to have the kind of the things that make it because it's all about they want to have money in that kind of stuff mm-hmm. they want to make their competition but it, it's just such a i have this about the kind of like the, the tv and stuff like that like it, it came out earlier this week i think that amazon have bought or paid 110 billion over like 10 years for the nfl football what in a way it works out yeah i don't know if you'd seen it or anything, i haven't, I haven't it, seen it yeah, it got announced, I think, yesterday about it, that Amazon have paid $110 billion over 10 years for the rights for the NFL. But Holy what shit. the way it's getting out is because is it CBS have uh-huh. it, NBC have it, and ABC have it, mm-hmm. the way that it's getting worked is Amazon are getting Thursday night football, CBS are showing the Monday night football, um, CBS are... The ABC are showing the AFL football, and NBC are showing the NF or the the NFC football. That's the way it's gone. 
and it was like, well, that's all well and good. They've paid that money, but it now means that people that want to watch, like especially in America, that want to watch the NFL, they'll need to have a subscription to Amazon. They'll need to have a right. ABC, NBC, and CBS in order to watch the football. So it's going to cost you upwards to what a hundred and sixty dollars a month just to follow your team. Uh huh. Wait, what? If I, if I just ruined your night. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm listening, and I'm looking at your. Yeah, it says um, a deal worth ten billion dollars annually and one hundred ten billion dollars over the course of the agreement. One of the biggest announcements: Amazon Prime Video will now be the new exclusive home to Thursday Night Football beginning in 2023. So, you'll have to have an Amazon Prime uh, account in order to watch all Thursday Night Football. Yeah. Wow, that's a... Holy shit! And that's how you know Amazon are meaning business because Amazon have also bought the rights to many games of the English Premier League. Yeah. Because they've been, even now, they've been showing a lot of this season's games. Yeah, I saw that. They trialed it last season and now they're showing a lot. Like, it's not exclusive. They've mm. only got, like, one or two games that are showing exclusive. Right. But the rest is just, they're also showing it for free on Amazon. Yeah, they're broadcasting um, them, yeah, for it's sure. It's looking as if they're going, but you have to think, the, the, the crazy thing about it is, Use the NFL, they've paid 10 billion a year for the NFL. The English Premier League have a 1 billion a year contract for their TV rights with like Sky Sports. Right. So Amazon have literally paid 10 times the amount that Sky Sports paid for the area the, of the. And the funniest thing about it, Sky Sports also have the exclusive rights to the NFL for the UK. Yeah, so I, I know that. See all the games, like we literally have the channel that they have, like the the sky that, that comes on through the night and that. But we also have a, a program and it's called the NFL Red Zone on Sky Sports. Yeah, we have to pay for that. Have a, we get it for free, or yeah, if you have a Sky Sports subscription, um, which is like your cable, you need to have a cable subscription to watch it. Um, yeah, Red Zone is like it's the around the grounds kind of thing. Um, but it is, it's just. It's getting to a point where you're like, in order to follow your team or to play a game or something like that, you're like, you need yeah. to have a PlayStation, a PC, and an Xbox. You need to have, like, your your NBC, your ABC, your CBS, your Amazon, all just to follow your football team. Yeah, it's kind of insane. On TV. And all of those, like, you're even saying, like a... Um, the exclusive rights that Netflix sometimes get, then the exclusive mm-hmm. rights to Amazon Prime, the exclusive rights of Disney Plus. You're like, I'm fifty pound a month just for the different programming. When so you were trying to save money from cable, yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, what, what, like, yeah, these companies are sitting to the really got it's a big money move to get the rights in your cat, but they'll make that back because the people that want to watch it are now going to have to pull out their pocket to pay. Mm-hmm. For that, <laughs> yeah, it, and that's why I hope that the Ratchet and Clank, because like you said, Ratchet and Clank is a, a gaming legacy. Like, yeah, that everybody should at least have seen or played or Fuck known. Yeah. And the fact that they're wanting to make an exclusive thing that anybody that doesn't have PlayStation Five go for themselves. 
Yeah, but hopefully there's hope. Like, uh, I think it just recently that the Spider-Man uh, game that was PS5 exclusive release for PC. Yeah. So I'm hoping they do the same thing with Ratchet and Clank. Wait a year, six months, put it yeah. out on PC, and then I'll be I'll play that shit in my downtime. Because <laughs> by yeah. the time by the time I get it, like everybody will have streamed it, so I don't I don't have the pressure to stream it. I'll just get to play it for fun on the side when I'm not streaming. So. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's good. That's good, man. That's good. Let us move on to the happy endings. Why don't you take the lead of happy endings this week, brother? Yeah, well, my one was a bit of a last ditch because it wasn't until I'd looked on the, the document as I staggered up the stairs from my day <laughs> of drinking that I went, ah, fuck, I've no picked a positive story. So I scoured the internet in five minutes to find one, and then I found one that actually hit kind of home. Okay. In a way. And what it is, is um, there's a psychedelic that's used in shamanic rituals, and what they're going to do is they're going to trial it. Ayahuasca. As a treatment for depression. Mm-hmm. Um, they say participants in the UK-based trial will be given DMT, the active ingredient in ayahuasca, ayahuasca um, yeah. a traditional Amazonian plant medicine that is used to bring spiritual enlightenment to receive talking therapy. Small Pharma, the company running the trial, believes that DMT, also known as the spirit molecule, could offer a cure for the millions of people who don't respond to existing treatments for depression. This is almost out of groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that these, like, because it is, like, that's what it's thing. I mean, psychedelics are a class A drug, but the potential for treating depression and other mental health conditions is becoming harder to ignore. It's like the whole thing with... Um, uh, Reefer madness. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it has so many other uses that it shouldn't be an illegal drug. No. Um, I just, like, like, just let it be. Um... Again, it's the context and what you use it for that should yes. be a thing. Well, you're sitting there, you're like, no, you can't smoke marijuana, but here's a bottle of vodka. Yeah, right? Caffeine that can completely cripple and ruin your life, but don't you take that marijuana. Yeah, like exactly. That. So the fact that they're looking at psychedelics and they're seeing that, like, I'm hoping that they're going to look at other drugs and kind of go, well... I know the likes of like methadone and heroin and that kind of stuff is like life ruining drugs. Like, there's not a, a good outcome of that. Yeah, like, no and, and methadone, methadone is the alternative to heroin, and it's just as bad. Yeah, like there's no benefit to that. But the drugs that show benefit that they don't necessarily have a bad like effect. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not as if it's a health problem, right? Um. But the fact that they're actually starting to look into these things and go, well, let's think outside the box. Let's see if we can help anybody that's in need with these kind of things. Because it's it's crazy because they grow like their nature. Mm-hmm. Why would you not use them? Again, it's just it's society going fucking crazy where these rules and regulations that you're finding are. Because like everything's about money. Mm-hmm. But just let's just just go and get fucking high. You probably find that if you just went, if everybody went door to door and went, here's a joint, enjoy yourself. Fucking, you'd probably find most people just fucking mellow out. 
and yeah. you'd be a wee bit more inclined to go, do you know what? Shit isn't as bad as it is. Like, oh, yeah. like the taste I made, um, somebody was talked about as uh, a lot of my depression was caused by the fact my mother had passed away and my friend had committed suicide. Right. Um, when I had that glimpse into the afterlife, I thought, well, they're okay. I know they are fine. I know what's there. And you're like, well, that is the thing. It's, like, it's not necessarily like something that you should shy away from. It's just, let's just fucking try it. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. Like, worst case scenario, it doesn't help. That's it. That mm. is the worst case scenario that it does fuck all for what they're looking at. But fuck it, let's go for it. I mean, I'd take it. Yeah. I'd take it just to see what happens. And here, here's the thing with uh, psychedelics and DMT, DMT specifically. Um, one, let's let's clear this out for the lawyers. I see them staring. Chris and I are not advocating illegal drug use in any way, shape, or form. Okay, yeah. we're not saying if it's illegal, go out and fucking break the law, do what you do. If you're underage, do it and fucking do it. It's not what we're saying here. What we're saying is, is. And I'm going to get a little cynical on this, but I'm going to try and keep it positive, so bear with me. We've known that ayahuasca and psilocybin and, like, LSD has positive mental health effects on people who suffer PTSD, shell shock, uh, severe depression, bipolar disorder, mood disorder, um, what they call, what is it, uh, uh, identity disorder. Like, We've known that shit for like 30 fucking years. We know it. But Big Pharma and politics were like, well, we can't let them go out in the woods and pick some mushrooms and feel better about themselves. No, 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 no. We got to sell them a synthetic alternative at a jacked up price rate with fucking symptoms, the side effects that are worse than the symptoms you're suffering, and we'll make billions of dollars on it. When the native peoples have been treating this shit with native medicines and the proper procedures on how to administer it and what doses to do it in for fucking eons. Yeah. And this is one of the things that pisses me off so much is we have lost and forgotten and willfully ignored the knowledge of our ancestors for generations because a corporate controlled profit uh, profit hunting and greedy motherfuckers who want to see people suffer because they treat the symptoms and don't develop a fucking cure cancer depression ptsd aids fucking ebola hantavirus like we have answers to all this shit sitting in a vault somewhere because some fat motherfucker in a suit and tie wants to make another billion dollars Granted, here's where I make it positive. The science and the public knowledge have now gotten to a saturation point where corporate fat cats can no longer say, well, you can't have that. Yeah. It's bad for you. When now the knowledge and the science is out there saying, no, 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 homeboy, your shit's bad. This shit that we've had already is the yeah. shit we should have been doing. And now we're not going to stand for your corporate profiteering anymore. So I, I'm, 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 I'm so glad we are reaching the saturation point where public acceptance 
for natural medicines, home, not homeopathic, that's the wrong word, but like natural medicines that have been used for eons by native peoples is finally getting, and, and not, let me clarify, not every natural medicine that a native people has used actually does shit. Not all of yeah. them are, not all of them are, not all of them are, are great. They're not cure-alls like they're, like they're marketed all the time. But a lot of yeah. these natural remedies that native peoples have been using, like the, uh, the native Americans, the, the Mongolian tribes, like any native people who, who had to live off the land know that this shit works. And it's us in quote unquote civilized society who are like, they don't know shit, but the guy is at Pfizer and Bear, they know their shit. No, 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 they don't. They know money. And the article talks about how like psilocybin is now being uh, added to the trial, not just mm-hmm. not just ayahuasca. Here's the thing. I used to be very negative on marijuana and psychedelics. Very negative. I went through the D.A.R.E. program. I, you know, I, I was hardline. Drugs are bad. And a lot of drugs are bad, especially in the way they're taken or used. But as I've gotten older and I've done the research and I've looked through it, I am very much a proponent of medicinal and functional marijuana. I am also a proponent of DMT and psilocybin to treat things like severe depression and PTSD because the side effects of ayahuasca are nothing compared to the side effects of the shit they put in a pill form. And if it can be administered and regulated and grown properly, that shit, anybody who suffers major mental health traumas, major stuff like that, if you're a good candidate, you should have access to it and you should do it. Yeah. But it better be you need it. You better go about it the right way and it better be handled properly. Because a lot of times you can go over the edge and have a, uh, it can go the bad way. So you want to set yourself up for the best positive outcome, especially when dealing with psychedelics. Because DMT is the molecule or the... Now, people in the comments will get at me for this if I'm wrong. DMT is one of the, the chemical compounds that is released into your brain when you while you're dying. It It's one of those that is released into your brain while you're dying so that the the... The trans, how, what word do I want to use? The transition from living to not living is not. It's not like yes, if you die traumatically, you're gonna experience trauma and fear, but there's a point in that situation where DMT kicks in and a couple other chemicals, where all the good things in your life flash before your eyes and you have some sense of peace. So that's why DMT is called the spirit molecule amongst other reasons. It elevates your consciousness to another level. And I've talked to people who have, who had DMT trips, uh, 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 an ayahuasca trip is like 15 minutes long. It's transcendent and you move on for your day. You fucking take a shot of heroin. You're fucking done. Yeah. And well, DMT. I agree, go ahead. With, I agree with some of your points and that, um, there's certain drugs and stuff like that that really shouldn't be the likes of like methadone and stuff right. like that. Uh, the only part so that I don't agree with is that the whole medicinal thing. 
Right. I'm a firm believer of my body. I can do the fuck I want. I shouldn't have right. a government fat cat telling me what I can and can't put into my body. That's that's the way I see it. I know it's it's not the same as everybody, and some people will be against it and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I'm I'm a I'm more of a thing of you don't think drugs should be used around unless it's you need it in the medicinal. That's fine. As far as I'm concerned, if you don't want to put drugs into your body, unless you need it. Ace, that's your call. It's the exact same thing of it's if I want to go and try every single drug known to man, put it in my body and see what happens, I should not have somebody behind me going, that's illegal, that's illegal. So, like, shit it is, I can do it if I want. The right. reason I can't do it is because these laws are in place saying it's an illegal drug. Don't break the law. But I'm, my mindset is it should not be an illegal drug. All drugs should be a case of if you want to take it that's it the consequences that will arrive from it is your responsibility we've got to a point where it's too much that governments or or hierarchies or anything like that are running the lives of everybody oh you're we're no you're not allowed to eat that because that's got too much fat, so we're right. taking that away. You're not allowed to do this because it's got too much of this, we're taking that away. You can't do this because we're telling you you can't do that. That is not how it should be. If I want to eat a KFC bucket while taking LSD and fighting an invisible dragon, <laughs> that's my that's on me. That's what I want to do. That should be it. But if somebody does that wants to go eat their vegetables, no have drugs, no have drink, no have thyme. That's you. I've really got a problem. It's the exact same thing as me personally, I don't believe, I don't have any af- affirmation towards religion. Right. It's just I, I've not had any proof to prove that religion is real, that God's real or anything like that. I would never go to someone that is a devout Catholic or a Christian or anything like that that believes in God and tell them to their face that they're wrong, they're stupid, what a fucking idiot you are. Because I understand that even though I don't believe in it, the power for them in faith and, and the belief and all that kind of stuff is what gets them through their hard and difficult times. And who the fuck am I to turn around and tell somebody that that's wrong? That's on them. If you want to believe in that, that's fine. I think you don't push it on me and tell me I'm wrong. I don't push it on you. You go and do what makes you happy. You go and do what makes you live. And I'm cool with that. As right. long as I get the respect to find me at that. Well, I, I want to interject real quick. I'm not, I'm not advocating that you sh- it should only, you should only be able to take it if it's legal. Don't, don't get that twisted. What I mean is if it's, if it's in a medicinal setting and it, it proves that it has benefits, it should be available for everybody. Like mm. it, it should be access. If you want to do psychedelics or anything that you want to do, I'm fine with it. You do you. My my issue comes from certain harmful substances can severely fuck things up for people. And I don't necessarily want them labeled as illegal, but I want them the knowledge disseminated in a way so that people who want to do these things can have an informed decision of, yes, this will fuck me up. And I know that the consequence could fuck my life up. I want it 
where that like I don't want the crack dealer on the corner dealing crack to kids. That's what I want. I don't want a government fat cat telling me what I can and can't do either. I want it where it's to the fact that it's not some dude praying on a wayward teen or some dude praying on a, a, a challenged individual who is going to have access to the stuff where they don't have the the proper understanding of the consequences. Yeah. That's what I'm for. I'm not for some government backhead going, Chris, you can't have that. Chris, you can't have that. Rick Docs, you can't have that. Not at all. Don't get that twisted. Yeah. And I know you don't, but I wanted to clarify that because that's not at all what I'm advocated for. What I want is the shit that will help us. It needs to be accessible and covered by insurance so that people who need it can have access to it. If you yeah. want to go out and buy it and fucking party, by all means. But I also don't want the fucking dealer on the corner with a gun in a car giving yeah, that shit to a 15-year-old. I don't want that at all. What you have to remember, though, is at the moment, the drug dealer that's on the corner with a gun selling it to the 15-year-old is because it's difficult to get, and yes. that's how people have to get it. I if it was made readily available, it was not illegal... People could, like, look at marijuana. Yeah. How many drug dealers do you know that now sell marijuana in most states in America? Because you could just go and buy it anywhere. Yeah, it kind of dropped off. It's a saturated market. It's right. actually cheaper now because more people are, are able to get it. Mm -hmm. If you were to not necessarily flood the market and put out all these hardcore drugs, but if you were able to create a setting in which people can safely go and purchase these things you will not have your drug dealers on the corner because the drug dealers only make money because they're selling stuff that you can't get. If you can get it in your local Target, like, <laughs> drug dealers are not going... You don't get ironing board dealers on every corner because right. Target and like, ironing boards are illegal. Like, that's the way I see it, is that, like, it's only made filthy because it's illegal and people are trying to get it any which way which means because it's illegal and difficult that's where the drug dealers will start going well we've only got a wee bit so we'll start mixing it with this stuff and mixing it with that stuff that as they actually like dmt now it's some form of everything's put into the one that's going to fuck everybody up yeah it's, Whereas it's, if it was a an actual setting of it's safe this is a hundred percent what it's supposed to be. You can get it cheaper. It's readily available. You'll not have the the shitty underworld of it. Yeah, it's that art. It's the argument of access over demonization, right? Exactly. All, all too often, yeah. All too often, we demonize drugs or sex or or rock and roll or whatever. So once you demonize things or or whatever, people want it more, and they're gonna seek it out because. They don't want to be told that it's bad. It's it's like with with my kids. We talk about everything. Uh, sex feels great. Be safe. No means no. Make sure you're of, of legal age to, to deal with it because you don't want to deal with the consequences. I'm not going to sit yeah. here and tell them, oh, sex is bad, and then be up in the bedroom handling my business. Like, that's that makes no sense. Yeah. Like So when the topics of drugs have come up or alcohol has come up, We've been very frank. This is what it does. This is this is how it will affect you. These are the potential consequences. You will not bring drugs into my home. 
But if you're out on your own and you experiment, that's you. But know what you're getting into. Yeah, make sure you're safe. Make yep. sure you know exactly the ins and outs is what's got. Make sure you know where that's mm-hmm. coming from. And exactly. it's 100% what you're asking for. Yeah, I totally agree. Yep. And that, that's other things that would come with the thing. Because it's like, the other thing you have to look at is... Did you say that there's like dealers like you you could walk down the street and get to a dealer for drugs? Fuck yeah, in my neighborhood. Oh yeah. So so why don't you do it? Because I don't want to. Exactly. So if they were ready readily available, would you go and do it? Not really. It's not my thing. Exactly. So the fact that they're made illegal doesn't stop or force people into doing it because right. the same people that want to do it will go and get it any way they can now, or will go and get it when it's readily available. If you don't have the intention of doing it, you're not going to go and do it while it's illegal. You're not going to... Right. So that's just a, a counter-argument of, well, why, what's stopping people being illegal? Because like, like you said, like if you know what's going on about it, most people still won't go. Right. You go to Holland, they're like... Uh, marijuana is pretty much legal there. There's some places that are still a bit touchy on that kind of stuff, but you have times where you're allowed to carry a certain amount and that kind of stuff. There's police officers that carry a certain amount because they do it as well. Right. So, but if you were actually go to Holland and ask about, not everybody smokes heroin or no right. heroin and marijuana. Or heroin, even though it's yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So, so, so they have it available, it's legal, but they don't do it. It's the same with prostitution, legal and Amsterdam and stuff like that. Mm. Not every Dutch person goes and sleeps with a prostitute. Yeah, I actually... Just because it's there doesn't mean they're going to do it. So it's like, when you're looking at drugs, like again, like methadone and heroin, where there's no benefit to your health of doing it, they, they are ones that should not be there. But the right. ones where it's like your psychedelics and that, where you're pretty much just going to have a good time. There's no bad thing that comes from it. Mm-hmm. The only bad things that will come here is if you have an experience and then you end up going and murdering three children and that. But mm-hmm. that's where the consequences comes of if they're legal, you have every information to do it and you have that. You cannot have the argument of he was on drugs and was not at a good state of mind. Yes. No, you get locked up for that shit because mm-hmm. you knew what you were getting into before you done it. It's a legal substance. It's the same way like when, like, if you turned around and got drunk, and, like, I'm not saying you would, um, this is just complete hypothetical. Right. Uh, but you turned and hit or beat B, or you hit one of your kids, right? Right. The police are they going to turn around and go, oh, he'd been drinking alcohol, we'll just fling him in the slammer. No, you get hit with the yep. extent of the law. Yep. That's to say, right now, if you're on marijuana, you're on a that thing means it gets to me or it's more of a, a, a psychoanalysis and right. we have to see if he was in a sound state of mind. No, if it's legal, if you're on drugs and you do something like that, you still get hit with the law. Right. The same way as alcohol gets hit. Yeah. So just just because you've had a drink doesn't mean that you can go around and start not fuck out anybody you want. Yeah. You exactly. get locked up. So that's how I see it is that there's only good things that would come from it. And then you can start having other fucking stores that start selling this stuff. There's another, like, cause at the moment, like there's a bunch of drugs, like in the UK, drugs are everywhere. Yeah. Did the government make any money on it? Fuck no. Cause there's no taxation. Tax right. the shit. 
tax it, regulate it, make some money off it. The UK started taxing coke. You're taught, you're sitting here and you're listening to people. Footballers are on three thousand pound a week coke habits. Right. You're like, the government would be fucking rolling in it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, to to bring it back to the article, the 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 science is there. Like the evidence is there. Yeah. Shit like DMT, ayahuasca, psilocybin. Even synthesized LSD like has a very provable, discernible, beneficial effect to people who have severe mental health issues. And yeah. it shouldn't even be a debate anymore. Make the shit legal. Make it available on insurance. Make it effective. Because lithium, retinol, all that shit fucks you up, dude. It, it messes your mind up. Yeah. It doesn't even mess your it messes your mind up, but it also messes up your liver, your pancreas, your stomach. And yet you could take a you could microdose on DMT. Your brain gets reset, essentially, because that's pretty much what's going on, is when DMT hits, it sort of resets your circuitry, kind of reboots your system from what I everything I've read. Cause I've done the research. I listen to a bunch of podcasts that talk about it. It basically resets your brain and allows you to you know, accelerate the healing through your trauma, then why don't we have that shit? Like, make the shit affordable, available, and stop fucking suppressing it because you're hurting people. Yeah, and the one thing that I do love touching on the story is the fact that they're doing it the right way and the fact, like, they're doing so much research so that they can go with everything and be like, there is physically no downside to this like that 2014 they done it they done searches on it for addiction the 2016 they done it for palliative care 2017 they started for depression they're going through it and making sure they research and do it right yeah so that there's nothing that can go wrong and they can go here is every bit of evidence as to why we should do this and it's the right way to do it because they're making sure everything is safe They've not just went, oh, this does this, let's roll it out. They've went, no, 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 we've been doing it for seven years, let's keep on making sure, let's get every outcome possible. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about the, this story. Yeah, the, the story ends on a good note, because they did talk about the trials of palliative care, you're right, and I think it's I think it's, I think think it's, it's a good thing. Overall, like, drugs are always going to be an issue, uh, no matter if they're legal or not, for some people. Like you said, those that want to do them, those that want to abuse them are going to, whether they're legal or not. So yeah. I might as well have it safely done, controlled, educated populace, so that we don't have the fucking dude on the corner with a gun selling to a 15-year-old. Bottom line. Yeah. So the last story we're going to talk about before we wrap up, and again, we're, we're, we're hitting the longies tonight. I hope you guys like long-form content, because I sure as fuck do. One of archaeology's greatest mysteries nearly solved as scientists pieced together the 2,000-year-old astronomy calculator. Now, do you know about this device, Chris? No, I've literally just opened up the thing okay. there just no. to have a wee little look. So I'm no. hoping that you can explain everything okay. to me. <laughs> I can't explain everything because I'm not an expert, but I can give you sort of a brief overview. It's called the Ankythera mechanism. Basically, this is a device that was discovered in like ancient Greece, uh, in the Peloponnesian Sea around 1901. And ever since then, we've tried to figure out what the fuck this thing is. Well, it turns out that this thing is 
in the most basic ass way I can tell you is it's the world's first analog computer for calculating the movement of the stars. Okay. And for, and we don't know how we don't know how it works. Like we didn't know how it works. We nothing. That was the the assumption based off of what we knew. Well, apparently, according to this article, they're starting to figure that motherfucker out. They're starting to figure out how it works, what it does. Yeah, and they've even they have even been able to build a functioning replica of the device with modern tools. Um, so the gist of this thing is. For a long time, the debate was, oh, when did it, when were computer, when were computers made? You know, the Turing test, blah, 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 blah. Well, you have this device and then you have the, there's a Chinese device that have put claim to, no, no, we, we've had computers way before than we do now. They're just not the form or the function yeah. that you thought they were. There were devices that can calculate, um, celestial movement and and complex numerical things using clockwork device uh, mechanisms and uh, precious jewels and metals to do um, what's the word I'm looking for oh my brain um, exponentially difficult calculations right yeah. like just ungodly levels of like difficult problems like the movement of constellations in the stars, celestial drifts, stuff like that. And this mm -hmm. device has now been sort of discovered that, yes, this is in fact what we thought it was. And as the article breaks it down, the gears all work for different things. Like one position is a representation of the sun. The other position is a representation of Venus. And, and when the, the device moves, it predicts those movements. And for the, uh, it's just, I know I'm not doing it justice and I want to make sure that <laughs> I, I'm going to tweet this article out because this figuring out how this device works sort of revolutionizes the understanding of human concept of celestial movement and mathematics. And it, it, it just goes to show that quote unquote primitive peoples weren't that fucking primitive bottom line. That on some levels we are more primitive than they were, and yeah, like these guys were fucking insane. Like the the article the article kind of breaks it down. The front cover of the device talks about planetary cycles. The front plate has uh, star events. The back plate has month names, eclipse characteristics, eclipse glyphs, and then the back cover has like a description of the cosmos, the calendar structure, and moon and sun cycles, all in like a little device that's about the size of a dictionary like one of the yeah. big dictionaries it's just it's just the level of engineering and understanding and knowledge you have to do to build a device like this astounds and intrigues me to another i know because i love space i love space and i love underwater and the fact that we had a complex understanding of it without massive computers calculating those things yeah just goes to show that the the, the capabilities of the human mind unburdened un, unchained yeah. so to speak somebody or a group of somebodies were given the time to just be like we can do this and they 
they did it like 2,000 years ago. Like, this was discovered in, like, like, this is from, like, an ancient Greek device. Like, and this article breaks down how it works. And the fact that we figured out after 2,000 years how this first computer calculates celestial movement can only benefit us going forward because we can learn from this. We can better tune our own trip to the stars by using understanding of our past. It's so exciting to me. And just the way they break it down is just so like you 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 have to you have to read the article because yeah, the, the level of knowledge and understanding is it's it's stupid. It's stupid in all the right ways. Yeah, I'm, I'm... I've, I've found a video on the Antikythera mechanism as well that I'm going to add into the kind of descriptions and stuff mm. so that you can as well as reading the article there's a video at the end of so I'll attach that in the descriptions as so well good. but I'll definitely I mean I would say I'll read it right now but like yeah you gotta hit the rack happen. yeah you gotta hit the rack <laughs> I gotta edit the podcast and do an RPG at the same time so yeah, yeah. I, I feel you so, so but, but yeah I, it's definitely I, I do agree that just the way you've kind of explained it and just touching on kind of like the, the beginnings and stuff it does seem like such an amazing like ground discovery sort of situation to be in and i i, I will be look mayor just and i do implore anybody listening and watching on youtube to check out the always check out the descriptions because as much as we can talk about it you doing your own research is exactly that's that's the point we've been trying to make yeah. throughout is that's why we leave at the description the the links that we've got the links that we use and stuff you can go in and educate yourself further and then maybe go into a bit of a wormhole where you start going down all the mm-hmm. different tunnels and finding out more so I always do your educate your your research and education because as Doc says that is he he doesn't feel he's doing it justice i can't so... i can't i read the article thoroughly and i cannot <laughs> i cannot articulately enough describe how monumental understanding this mechanism could be for like interstellar travel celestial drift like just i'm not i'm not i'm not underselling it like i'm not overselling it this device <laughs> has boggled scientists mind for like for hundreds of years and the fact that we have figured out what this device does and that we have the capability of doing this 2,000 years ago just makes you want to, like, root, put on the humanity t-shirt, get the dumb foam finger, drink a beer, and be like, yes, fucking humanity. Let's fucking go. Gotta do exactly. it. Gotta look into exactly. it. You have to. It's amazing. I cannot, ooh, I cannot stress enough how, how groundbreaking an understanding of this device could be for us moving forward. Have to look into yeah. it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, uh we're going to kind of wrap it up. So, uh who are you working to find you reach out to you? Yeah, I I am Chris. I am the drunk Scottishman that I am slowly falling asleep. Yeah, I do no. apologize. <laughs> um uh, you can find me on Twitter at chrisc 90 Again, all the links will be in the descriptions and stuff like that. Which um, you if you if you don't have Twitter, you can reach us on the YouTube channels. You can reach us if if you're feeling a bit gallus. You can always join the Discord to get involved in the conversations there. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, we're gonna make but, a drunk yeah. tank channel for people who want to discuss drunk tank topics and research too for Discord. Yeah. So like, get us in there, or you can if you if you if you don't want to add random people onto Twitter, and you know docs or anything like that, get in touch. Yeah. So I just get in touch. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know anything that you like want to add in on the things. If there's anybody out there that what we are trying to talk about, and you want to share a bit more education. Please fucking yes. get in touch because yes. anybody that has real proper knowledge of anything that we are talking about is always welcome because I'm always looking to try and get more educated myself because I know I don't know everything. Yep. There's always somebody that will know something more than me. So yeah. get in touch, share your, your opinions, share your thoughts. If there's anything that you think that you'd like to hear us kind of discuss or you want to bring your attention so that we can look up and see if it's worth getting kind of involved do that as well but sure. um yeah that's the that's the best way because we want to get we want you to be involved as well we want you to follow along on this journey get involved get your points across because it's Educate only way anybody will ever learn is until someone that knows comes to us. Yeah, exactly, 100%. Uh, share your knowledge, educate us, because we're two guys from different parts of the world who experienced a lot, but we don't know everything. So share your knowledge, share your thoughts, share your conversation. Hopefully in the next two weeks, we'll be back to doing this live so that we can have that sort of interaction with people mm -hmm. in, in real time. But yeah, dude, like, uh, like Chris said, I'm Docs Ryan. You can get at me on fucking twitter if you don't want to add me on twitter dm me my dms are open hit me up on my twitch channel in the chat hit me up on youtube when i start exporting my you know my stuff to my channel follow chris's channel like get at us any way you can to kind of share your thoughts and your feedback because we don't grow if we don't hear other points of view and uh the one thing I'll, the one thing i want to end on is, is somebody and I don't know where the quote comes from. A wiser man than I once said, the day you stop learning is the day you start dying. And I don't... Completely agree. I ain't got, I ain't got time to start dying. So drop that knowledge on us, brother. So, hey, Chris, say goodbye, buddy. Yeah, see you all later. See you all next week. Hope to have you around longer. Yeah, they'll be here. That's your voice. It brings them to... Yeah. Your milkshake brings all the viewers to the yard. And they're like, yeah, I'll try and be a little bit more professional next week and not fine. be absolutely drunk off my tits. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> I like you this way. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye, guys. Yeah, sweet. Later. Bye. Yeah.